Hey, everybody, and welcome to a very, very special holiday cheer edition of the Elite Beat, your source for all of the Yuletide news, New Year's reviews, and Kwanzaa previews of everything going on in your favorite promotion, All Elite Wrestling. Hanukkah! Hanukkah also is also a December holiday. How you doing there, Jenny? Sitting directly to my right. Great. Great, great. And Megan... 111 miles to my southwest. How is your uh, how is your holiday cheer level? Average. Oh, <laughs> okay. That's that's higher than I would have anticipated. I mean, it's post Christmas. I don't. I don't. My hol- my holiday, the one I specifically celebrate, is over. So I'm I'm still riding high, but not you know at the highest level. You know, New Year's is a pretty big holiday for me, primarily because it's champagne-focused. Yes. I identify quite a bit with New Year's Eve. Mm -hmm. Yeah, primarily because of champagne. (laughs) Now, Megan, did you do anything um, to uh, celebrate All Elite Wrestling uh, for your holiday time? Um, I watched AEW Dark the day after Christmas. Well, that's great. That is... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was my festive moment. We watched AEW Dark on Christmas Eve. Oh, that's more festive. Yeah, it was. And we also are a little bit of the bubble arrived on the day after Christmas. No, on Christmas Eve. On Christmas Eve, as you can see on our Instagram at the Elite Beat Pod. Yes, please check out our Instagram at the Elite Beat Pod. Jenny posted a, a unboxing video of a little bit of the bubbly i saw it and i was very jealous well megan you play your cards right you get to try some of that bubbly well you only ordered two bottles so i hope there's some left when i come up there to help celebrate new year's eve with you champagne holiday the champagne holiday that our plan is to open a bottle on the champagne holiday at least one at least one Probably just one. I mean, <laughs> if it's really terrible, just one. Whoa. <laughs> it might be excellent. It, to be great. it might be sugar water. Oh. I'm expecting it's going to be really sugary. Probably. That's okay. Yeah. We, we helped support Le Champion. I'm sure he needed our money. Yeah, totally. Speaking of champagne, it's time for the best part of every week. The Elite Beat Pop of the Week. This week... Andy and I are enjoying a Mum Napa Rosé, which is a easygoing grocery store variety similar to the Chandon. Megan, what do you have over there? I have a Corbel. Ooh. The, yeah. the favorite of Le Champion before he created his own wine. Yeah. All right, I'm going to open ours. Megan, you want to give a little popski over and... Uh... Cincinnati way. Yes. And I've put the glass brake sensor <laughs> in my room on the ground with my foot over it. So let's see how <laughs> that fares. We haven't set our alarm yet because we were worried. <laughs> Ooh, nice. No yeah. Alarm. No alarm. Success. <laughs> All right, everybody. Cheers. We begin the festivities with. Being the Elite, episode 184, and 
just a brief summary. I didn't take a lot of notes on anything this week just because, you know, it's kind of a laid back week. No dynamite to cover. Uh, so we'll just get through this stuff. And then we got a bunch of fake statues to hand out at the end. So we'll do that. We'll do all the fun stuff. But anyway, being the elite, we start off with the Young Bucks SCU Christmas party. And SCU brought their tag team titles to rub it in the face of Matt and Nick. Matt kicks them out of the house, but Daniel stays because he doesn't, you know, he's not one of the champions, so he doesn't think it's a problem. And uh, Matt still wants him out. So Daniels insults the cooking of Mrs. Matt, Dana Massey. And Matt informs. Never insult the host's cooking. Well, as it turns out, as it turns out, he wasn't because the, the, the cook was. Cracker Barrel Catering, and that's what truly offended Matt, as he spears Chris Daniels onto a beanbag chair and batters... That's a love sack. ...and brutally batters him with punches that don't come close to hitting, which is, of course, an extended spoof on the Dark Order angle last Wednesday. And Megan, aren't you glad that on the last episode of the Elite Beat we told you about the controversy of the missed punches because you probably wouldn't have understood this joke? Yes. I mean... You've had to film a lot of blanks at the show <laughs> left for me, so good to know. Yeah. The Merch Freak blesses us all with a shirt for Justin Roberts that spoofs his pronunciation of uh, John slash Jan. And uh, I actually thought that was a pretty cool shirt, to be quite honest. Yeah, I, I liked it. I would totally buy that. I was just about to say, I don't know that I would ever buy a Justin Roberts shirt, but... I would buy something that's, like, evocative of John Cena. <laughs> oh, how, like, how like uh, uh, risque, too, for it to be an AEW shirt that is evocative of John Cena. Yeah. All right? Yeah, yeah that's kind of perfect. Yeah. So Hangman Page is still wasted, as he has been for a couple of weeks now. And he's trying to find Kenny Omega to apologize to him for hitting him with the buckshot lariat in their match last week. And this was a, actually a bit of a deep cut parody of an early game Red Dead Redemption 2 mission where your character, Arthur Morgan, is stumbling around drunk looking for another member of your gang and just you get into all kinds of nonsense and mischief. And Megan, did you understand what they were going for here? No. Because I have not played Red Dead 2, so spoiler alert, I guess, guys. Gosh. Yeah, it, it is. It is a. It is like probably like the third mission you do in the game. So, <laughs> uh, Paige finds Kenny, but uh, he does pass out before he can actually apologize. This is enjoyable though. You get to see Kenny, uh, Paige interacting with a lot of the cast, he, like uh, Darby Allen and Orange Cassidy and stuff, stuff like that. I believe he apologized to Orange Cassidy for also wearing a denim, uh, denim jacket. Yeah, Orange Cassidy was not concerned in any way about the sort of similar outfits. No, he had more important things to do later in this episode. <laughs> uh, we're back at the Christmas party, and uh, they're outside now in front of one of those like little uh, electric fireplace things that looks like uh, a lot of fun. And Nick says, kind of under his breath, that they should have booked themselves to win the tag team titles. <laughs> uh, Chris Daniels emerges from the house. He's got a tray with a bunch of uh, drinks on it. And he says that is Arabian coffee. And he drops it all, which is a spoof on his uh, botched Arabian press that they're continuing to get a lot of mileage out of. You can see a great take of that on our Instagram account. 
at the Elite Beat Pod. No, not at, right? Is it at? Is it Instagram at? I don't think you need an at. Okay, just the I Elite mean, if Beat you Pod. tag someone, you need an at, but that's it. Right. I think it's owned by Facebook. Okay. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make sense. Though. Mm-hmm. Twitter is at. It's okay, Twitter whatever. Not. Who cares? Social media. Yeah. I do love that uh, earlier in the segment where they're at the party, Kazarian implies that the reason that he wore the belt was because he had chosen a different pair of pants, but with this pair that he currently had, he needed that belt on. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it was real good. And I, I asked Andy while they were all sitting there, well, why Chris Daniels wasn't partaking of the wine like Scorpio and Kaz, but I, we understood why later, because he had to do the spit take with the water. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm yeah. sure he didn't want to ruin the new, the newly remodeled kitchen of Dana. Sure, yeah. Backstage, Chris Statlander is uh, making coffee in a weird way, and she meets the best friends. They ask her if she's an alien. She confirms that she is and asks to be taken to their leader. As if on cue, Orange Cassidy appears, and she tries to boop Orange Cassidy, and he pushes her hand away before it reaches its destination, and they go off together. Yeah, she was really trying to um, evoke the Baby Yoda soup-sipping. Do you think that's what that was? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Why else would she have been sipping out of a bowl? Because she's an alien. She's weird. Mm. She doesn't understand how humans drink coffee. But honestly, after seeing this, I kind of want to drink coffee out of a giant mixing bowl. <laughs> <laughs> we see the clean beavers in the uh, arena hallway, post-initiation. And uh, John Silver is very upset about how things went, but Alex Reynolds is trying to convince him to, to trust Uno. And... Uh, so, so it seems like Silver is conflicted and Reynolds is completely bought in. Then we see a man in the bathroom wearing a Dark Order mask, washing Matt Jackson's blood off his hands from the big angle at the end of the show. He throws the mask away, but we don't see who it is. So this is the other purple masked man. So Evil Uno, the Clean Beavers, and this man all had the purple masks from that terrible segment in the week prior. And then all of the regular creepers just have the green masks. Mm-hmm. And my, I think this is Brandon Cutler. It's got a Brandon Cutler body type. Yeah. It's not Adam Page. I would know Adam Page's body type. Of course you would. <laughs> like, you could make it make sense for it to be Brandon Cutler. Because he loses all the time. We're about to talk about him losing again, in mm-hmm. fact. And, and he would also be somebody who would be very conflicted about doing the things that he did in that segment. Mm-hmm. Because he's boys with the Young Bucks. Right. So I think that would make total sense. Megan, who do you think it is, or do you just not care? I wasn't sure, but your logic is, I think, sound on this one. Because the only other person they've ever shown really considering the signage in the back hallway is Michael Nakazawa, but it wasn't him. Yeah, and he's not, he wasn't tall enough. Yeah. And Brandon Cutler was with him the one time when he stopped to kind of look at the sign and said like, come on, Michael. So he didn't, they didn't show Brandon Cutler like specifically looking at it, but the argument can be made. He was aware of, of that. And maybe he came back for it later. So that was BTE. I liked this episode this week. That was fun. Uh, I, I'm glad they did the Christmas party again. Uh, thought there was some fun stuff there, and they continued the uh, 
the Dark Order storyline, which I do find more, I, I find that part of it more interesting than the part that's been on TV so far. Oh, I would like the Dark Order off of my TV and especially off of my BTE. The BTE is sacred to me. Mm-hmm. It's about realness. It's, I want to see the families. I want to see the friendships. I don't want to see this bullshit Dark Order shit. It's about family. That was dumb. Yep. Too fast, too furious, BTE style. (laughs) That takes us to AEW Dark for Christmas Eve. Uh, Very quick and dirty here. Sammy Guevara beat Brandon Cutler. I thought this match was sloppy as hell, but still kind of like fun. Yeah, if Brandon Cutler is going to continue to get beat, at least... Somebody high profile is doing it this time around. Somebody high profile who was also getting his first win in AEW. <laughs> well, yeah, line. but he, his first single he, line, yeah. he runs with an important crowd, so it, I knew that Brandon Cutler was not going to get his first win against Sammy Guevara. Yeah. I mean, for they're really doing a good job with the inner circle and with pairing Sammy with other people to have such kind of a pretty high profile person and pretty important person not have a win for 13 weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, jungle boy, same, th- same yeah, thing. You know? like they're doing something good. Yeah. If you can do that, yeah. Get those people over without having them win. Uh, Santana and Ortiz beat the best friends, the hybrid two and private party in a four way tag team match. This was the match I was most looking forward to on the show, and I thought it was good, but I also thought it underdelivered. How so? I just it wasn't it, it just wasn't as spectacular as I wanted it to be. They probably didn't let Jack Evans do enough stuff. He does a lot coming down from the from the entrance into the ring. <laughs> yeah. God, he he's got to be exhausted by the end of that. I mean, I agree. Not enough Jack Evans. Um, I assume it wasn't as spectacular because there were a lot of people trying to do a lot of stuff in in a relatively short amount of time for having a eight man match. So I agree, it was entertaining, but it was not as spectacular as I was hoping for. Eight people is too many people for a match. Like I, I think the sweet spot, the max sweet spot is six. Once you get eight, it's just too many. Too many people are trying to do things. Too many people are trying to get a little bit of time during the match that you don't get to really focus on telling a full story. And you don't actually get to see the really good people do the cool moves because you're trying to get too many people in. And you have to worry about keeping basically four people out of the ring for the majority of the time. Yeah, and that's hard too. Yeah. And that's got to look weird they're live like they do a good job of not showing that on the camera but just having like four people just chill out on the floor for most of the match has to look weird being there in the audience you should have been there at money in the bank when megan and i were there and it's like all the spots are based around two or three people in the ring trying to do stuff with ladders and the other like five trying not to be caught by the cameras on the outside do you remember randy orton like laying up against the the barricade like almost like parallel to it he was trying to like make himself as small as humanly possible yeah it was really weird especially since when you're there live like we were in the higher up seats so you had we had like a view of the whole 
outside of the ring. And because they're trying to hide from the camera, it really does just look like a bunch of people splayed out laying on the ground for no reason. It's very weird. Roman Reigns just like basically took a nap for the majority of that match, if I remember correctly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He got knocked out because he needed to be knocked out story wise. But then it's just (laughs) there's nowhere to go. Yeah. Yeah. So we get a very rare angle on AEW Dark. I, I I hesitate to call it the first angle ever, but I can't remember another one, so it might it very well might have been. As Pac, who, if you'll recall, kidnapped Michael Nakazawa on Dynamite, or at least I guess we were led to believe he did. We didn't actually see it happen. We just saw him enter a room that Michael Nakazawa was in. But on Dark, they followed up on this as he uh, brought Michael Nakazawa out to the ring and got on the microphone said if he doesn't get his rubber match with Kenny, he's going to basically kill Michael. He put a chair around Michael's neck and threatened to jump off the top rope and stomp on it. And it was a bluff. But basically, he's saying next time he won't be so lucky. But he left him, so I guess I guess the kidnapping is over. I think he just understands that murder on live television is not a good look. No, it's very easy to access things on YouTube. Like, like if the police <laughs> needed to check that out. Yeah. And in the main event of Dark, Joey Janela beat Sean Spears. I I actually thought that this was a blast because of all the, the Santa Claus kind of stuff. And, and the, Jesus angle. And the Jesus angle. And I I just, I had a lot of fun watching it. And Sean's, like, the, the heat of the match being that Sean Spears is about to tell a child that Santa Claus didn't exist. <laughs> That was pretty funny. That was amazing. It also made me wonder, like, oh, no, there are a lot of children in the audience. How far are they going to take this? Thankfully, uh, Joey Claus saved the day. Thankfully, yes. And uh, he he said on uh, Twitter that the Jesus guy was not, he wasn't a plant, and it wasn't a planned part of the match. I didn't think it was. I, I thought totally it looked thought natural. It I totally thought it was part of the like a planned spot, but it was just someone who showed up in costume for the, you know, for the taping, because it's you know the holiday season. Uh, I'm with Jenny. I thought it looked like somebody who wasn't totally sure what was happening when Joey grabbed him, but then <laughs> went with it, and then as soon as like Joey did his thing, Jesus like turned and ran back to his seat. Like it was. <laughs> It was not like an actor who's like, yeah, you know. <laughs> he did kind of come back at the end, though. Like, I think he kind of warmed up to it. Warmed a bit. up a little bit towards the end because they cut back to him again. Yeah, I mean, but, he still had that look on his face that's like unsure, and like he was watching the jumbotron to know when he was being filmed. You know, like he had that yes. that amateur level look to him that I just it was a happy accident. I think I'm willing to believe that. Yes, he was no Jungle Boy's sister. No. <laughs> who who felt very, who was very natural in front of the camera. That was a compliment. Oh, okay. To both. You like you you made you made like you made eyes like like he was a burn. No, we talked about her last week about no, how like natural she I, I was remember, and I how I thought maybe she was an actress or yeah or another wrestler or something. Yeah. But clearly, someone who was prepped to see her brother get beat up exactly for ten minutes. Yeah. Unlike this Jesus. Yeah, he was just having the time of his life. And Joey Janela had had got his hair all curled up for this. It's beautiful. 
It's good, good here. Then he couldn't, uh, he couldn't get that Santa top off. He kept trying to take his the Santa shirt off, but he must have had it tucked in so well into that belt that he he struggled the whole time. He never got that top off. Uh, it seems like something that would be really uncomfortable to wrestle in the fabric <laughs> and the like lack of breathability. I bet he was dying in there, man. Yeah. I mean, you could see him like every time it was, he was trying to get that thing off. He could, he could not. Yeah. Ugh. So that was dark. And, uh, I liked it. It was, it was like kind of like a, a low stakes, fun holiday edition. It was. Tony clearly did not like Dasha's blue pants like he did the red ones last week. No, maybe it's like like a, a bull in a matador. <laughs> yeah. like, so let's move on to some news. Just a couple of brief items. Taz uh, is going to make an appearance on next week's Dynamite. Not exactly sure what he's doing. I, I imagine some kind of announcing capacity. As if you'll remember, a few weeks back, he, he guest commentated for Dark when they were in Philadelphia. You know, um, I, I thought he was really good mm-hmm. um, announcing for Dynamite. We did not talk about Colt Cabana announcing on mm. Dark. So I could not tell the difference between Colt Cabana and Excalibur's voices. I do not think he will become a permanent announcer because of this issue. I mean, you know, it's possible. Like that I mean that is like a viable concern, I think. Yeah. For newcomers. Megan, could you tell the difference? Yeah, but I've listened to Cole Cabana's podcast a lot, so I feel like I'm just used to his voice. Yeah, samesies. Yeah, Andy could tell. I, I couldn't like there were certain things I could tell, but the majority I had no idea who was talking. I can see the similarities, though. I mean, thinking back, um, and yeah, if the majority of people couldn't tell the difference because not all of them are like freak show people that listen to Cole Cabana's podcast religiously, then uh, could be could be an issue. Cole's got that Midwestern accent going too that, that, dif- that differentiates a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Jenny, you should recognize one of our own. <laughs> <laughs> that's right sunlight sunshine and corn right is that the that's the <laughs> yes i don't know the opposite of seattle from. <laughs> oh but yeah I, I still think that's a pretty good comparison mm-hmm. i mean technically speaking she's not wrong so yeah so taz uh dynamite on wednesday we'll see what he's up to uh chris statlander is out of her uh, January 1st match with Riho due to a prior commitment to bar wrestling. Isn't that how interesting? They, how did they not know about that before setting up this angle? I'm not sure. Um, there must have been some kind of miscommunication, but uh, she signed you know she she had agreed to this new year's day uh date with bar wrestling before she signed her you know because she's pretty new to aew and uh tony khan's gonna let her do it uh he said oh so so basic so the the upshot is instead of the reho chris statlander match 
The match on Wednesday is going to be Riho defending against Britt Baker, Hikaru Shida, and Nyla Rose in a four-way. Wait, defending the title? Yes. Okay, but they've already announced then the second week that she's then... Well, they've announced the second week that the winner of that match will defend against Chris Statlander. Okay, well, there's no way that Riho's losing her title in the first match. I, I mean, I would think not, but... I but the point is we're we're getting so I mean you know whatever we're getting two women's title matches on consecutive weeks. Uh, Tony Khan tweeted, rather than force Chris to choose between her title shot or keeping her word on a commitment she made before signing here, we're allowing her to do both. The champion Riho will defend versus number two Britt, number three Sheeta, and number four Nyla in a four-way title match. The winner defends versus number one Chris on January eighth. Those of course referring to the women's rankings. I think it's an interesting match on the first because it's against the three people that Riho has wrestled against in title matches. Yes. Kind of interesting how that works out. Mm-hmm. This type of crap really annoys me. So this this type of stuff makes AEW look so amateur. It makes them look unorganized, makes them look like they don't know how to communicate between the talent the lawyers, and the executives. And this is not the first time this has happened. Remember the pack versus Adam Page that happened over the summer mm -hmm. where that match got canceled? Mm -hmm. I just, this is amateur hour and we need to move past this. I don't think it's that dire. I think, I think there was a, I think there was a miscommunication where bar wrestling probably, and in fact, I know they don't normally run during the week. They're a weekend operation. And, there was probably just some kind of... Apparently they were willing to let her out of the date. And she wanted to keep her commitment. I mean, Chris Statlander isn't an actual alien. She knows how to communicate with people. I don't understand how this can become an issue. Like, th this just feels very amateur. And on both sides. It's weird. It wouldn't have come up when they told Chris Statlander to cut that promo. At, yeah. on last week's episode because it's very clear what was going to happen. So I, I guess at what point did either side realize, oh no, there's a conflict? And why did they not realize that earlier? That's my that's really my only question with the whole thing. Yeah, I, I agree. It's not, it's not like a great look, but I think that the pivot, or I think that the reaction to it was good. I mean, we're getting, to, we're getting Riho, you know, theoretically we're getting... Riho title matches two weeks in a row, and we haven't had Rio around in a long time, so I'm glad to see it. I mean, yeah. the reaction's fine, the cover-up's fine, but, like, January 1st is not a confusing date. Sure, I mean, you know, it's... unless you're Marty's girl. <laughs> yeah, but, like, it's, it's not like it's a random day in some random month. Like, it's a, like, how does that not come up? I don't know. It, this just makes me question the organization and the communication within this new organization. And it, it worries me that this type of stuff will continue to occasionally happen. I have an update on the Taz story from uh, WrestlingObserver.com's daily update today. Uh, Taz is on Wednesday's AEW show to announce with Jim Ross and Excalibur because Tony Schiavone will be announcing the Sugar Bowl game for radio that day. So that is why he's got a he's got a college football uh, conflict. Okay, great. So they'll have a buffer between Excalibur and Jr. That's right. Good. <laughs> Always important. 
Always, always important, yes. Other big news, AEW is going to be making their Tri-State, which is New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, debut on Wednesday, March 25th at the Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey. That is where the NHL's uh, New Jersey Devils play their hockey. So I believe it's about a 16,000-seat setup for hockey. Uh, Cody tweeted out, Thank you, Prudential Center, for bypassing politics and nonsense and just giving the Jersey slash New York fans what they want. I can't wait. That sounds to me like they tried to get either Madison Square Garden or Barclays and got blocked. Boo. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. Um, so the Prudential Center is about an hour from downtown Manhattan as far as drive time. And I expect that they'll still draw pretty well from that market. But yeah, I think they probably wanted to run in in the city proper and were not able to do so. Ugh, it's so petty when WWE pulls on stuff. It really is. And finally, uh, condolences to Tony Schiavone and his family on the loss of their 10-year-old Yellow Lab, Dooley. Tony uh, was uh, mourning the loss of the beloved pet today on Twitter. Said he uh, he fell asleep for the last time, surrounded by family. Oh, yeah. In in brighter news, Cody and Brandy got to press a, press a button for champagne to be brought to their table. That's true. There is that was that in London. Mm-hmm. Yes, they went to a restaurant in London that literally has a champagne button. Yep. Which we need here. Yep. I need here. Yeah. They also went and saw um, the Harry Potter play. Oh, that's fun. They also went to Disneyland Paris. Yes, they had a... It looks like they had a nice Christmas uh, vacation. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Hopefully no one was doing blood magic on their vacation. Hopefully not. Maybe he like maybe he talked her out of it. Gosh, I hope so. It's long plane rides, you know. I know. Yeah, I know. All right, dynamite preview for January first. We're gonna have Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus Pac and the Lucha Brothers. That sounds like one hell of a six man tag to get the new year of AEW going. Uh, the aforementioned AEW Women's Championship match with Riho defending against Britt Baker, Hikaru Shida, and Nyla Rose. We've got the rematch from Fighter Fest with Cody versus Darby Allen. We will have John Moxley responding to Chris Jericho's offer to join the Inner Circle. And, of course, MJF laying out his stipulations for an upcoming match against Cody. That's a pretty packed show. Hopefully we'll also get Marty on his New Year's Day do-over. Yeah, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. That does sound like a very packed show. I'm very excited. Um, yeah. Like you said, the uh, the six man tag looks really really good, yes. and also I hope John Moxley turns down Jericho, but you know we'll see. Do you think Darby has a shot to beat Cody? Um, I still I feel like it's still too early. He's still like uh in training almost. I know he's not, but <laughs> but Cody is he's like old school. He can't just come in and beat him. Maybe Wardlow will hit Cody or something. 
Oh. Why would Wardlow be out there? Because MJF is feuding with Cody. Oh, sure. He's just constantly trying to blow up his spot. And uh, announced in advance for Dark, which I guess we'll, we'll more definitively preview these on next week's because they'll have already happened, but what has been announced is SCU versus Kip Sabian and the Hybrid 2, which is very exciting to me because I was afraid that they had gone away from this trio and it's they've come back to it. I know Honestly, Megan is very excited about Sabian and the Hybrid 2. Yes, the trio makes so much sense to me because the vibe the Hybrid 2 are putting out, Kip Sabian, he fits in it. And he's not really doing anything for the inner circle or breaking up the elite in any way. So I feel like this is a level of aspiration that he can actually achieve. Go with the Hybrid 2. As long as Kip doesn't pick up the bodysuit vibe... I'm okay with him being. Nobody will pick up the bodysuit vibe. It is actively repelling people. How do you know that? It clearly has attracted Angelico to it. I think he just wants to be a motorbike man. That's <laughs> that's like the only explanation I can get from this is he just thinks he's doing motorbikes. The Nightmare Collective will appear is a line from this preview, and that terrifies me. No, thank you. And finally, what I'm actually very excited about, Santana Ortiz versus Billy Gunn and his son, Austin Gunn. What? Yes, that's right. Nepotism on display as as the guns team up against Santana and Ortiz. Wow. I like it. It's, is his son signed, though, or is this just a one-time thing? I'm guessing it's just a one-time thing. I've never actually seen Austin Gunn wrestle, but I knew that he... You know, I knew he was a wrestler. Hopefully this nepotism payoff will be better than the Lexi Nair payoff on Dark. Here, here. Uh, it couldn't be much worse. All right, guys. So uh, all that leaves is the Beaties, our awards. And uh, we've got a number of categories. We're going to run through them. And, uh, yeah, we're just going to try to come to a... a, a a podcast consensus on on these on these categories for 2019 AEW. First annual BDs. First annual BDs. All right, our first category is match of the year. Here are our contenders: Cody versus Dustin Rhodes from Double or Nothing, which I know. No, thank you. Right away, is not going to fly with the rest of my panel, but I wanted to mention it because I rated it five stars on Grapple. It's one of my favorite matches of the year. I love. Cody versus Darby Allen at Fighter Fest, the match that went to a 20-minute draw and will actually be rematched on January 1st. Pac versus Kenny Omega from All Out. The Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks in Escalera de la Muerte from All Out. John Moxley versus Kenny Omega, Lights Out match from Full Gear. Cody Rhodes versus Chris Jericho for the AEW World Championship from Full Gear. Nick Jackson versus Ray Phoenix from Dynamite. The Young Bucks versus Private Party from Dynamite. And Chris Jericho versus Darby Allen and Duct Tape for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship from Dynamite. So any initial thoughts at hearing those, uh, those matches? I think my personal favorite 
is the Young Bucks versus Lucha Brothers ladder match. Um, a lot of the other pay-per-view level matches that you listed were very good, but this one had flipping and ladders and ladders in a way that didn't make me fear for everyone's life. So I really, really like this one the best. Um, but all the ones on the list were actually memorable and great. It's been a really good year for AEW. I'm just going to vote ladders. That would be my, that would be where my uh, kind of sympathies lie as well. I thought that was the best match they had. I, I liked, um, I'd say that like that and Cody versus Dustin were on kind of on about the same level. And I know you guys feel very strongly differently about that match because of all the bloodshed. I don't want to see blood. I don't want to see fake cutting. I don't want to see. I mean, it was real cutting. Well, I'm real cutting on purpose. Yeah. yeah. Not like an accident. Yeah. And I'm going to air quote accident with anything Cody's involved in because he's going to throw his head onto a metal ramp just to cut it open to get the blood, whether he has a blade or not. How about the rest of this, uh, this lineup? I absolutely, my favorite part of a match is the Darby Allen duct tape. (laughs) I've never seen anything that impressive before. Now I would say the Jericho side of that match was not strong enough to make it match of the year contention worthy, Mm -hmm. but Darby Allen's performance in that with the stuff he was able to do without hands, Mm -hmm. like puts whatever orange Cassidy does to shame. Wow. Like it kind of just peels away the curtain Draws the curtain on what Orge Cassidy can do. Yeah. Um, I would say, yeah, Dar- Darby, a- Darby Allen's performance in the duct tape match is my favorite. And then the other one is the Nick and Phoenix match, primarily because it was so jumpy and uh, fast-paced and all the stuff on the ropes was very cool. Now, how did you feel about the, the latter match? It was a little too dangerous for me. I did worry for their lives. That was too much stress for me. But pretty spectacular, right? Yes, yes. I can understand. I I feel like that should probably be our match of the year. But for my anxiety levels, that was not my favorite match of the year. Okay, well, I feel comfortable then uh, declaring that to be our match of the year. Megan, would you like to highlight that in some way? Sure. Sure. I know how Google Docs work. Yeah. Next up, best being the elite recurring bit. So basically like the best uh, kind of thing that they, they revisited over and over again on being the elite. Our initial contenders are Kaz's do ya, which if anybody doesn't remember is a callback to a meeting that a young Kaz had with Bob Holly backstage at a WWE uh, event. Uh, Justin Roberts, earpiece manipulation, and uh, repeated uh, John Jan uh, announcing merch freak, <laughs> and uh, Matt being forced to wear the Young Bucks merch, the bad Young Bucks merch by the merch freak. Rick Knox getting constantly dragged. Scorpio Sky being forced to eat candy, which is like an old bit that they dusted off a few times mm-hmm. this year. And Nick and Matt wrestling with their kids. Another old bit that they brought back in yeah. the most recent BTE. Yeah. I'm so torn between Merch Freak and Do Ya. I know, right? Those are my <laughs> top two. 
Duya is like Duya is so simple, but just I just think it gets funnier every week for some reason. <laughs> Whereas Merch Freak is just like Merch Freak is like a production, and it's it's really it's really elaborate, and they do like special effects with it, and uh, special very... effects, the flipping oh, of the light switches. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they do like the quick camera cuts and stuff. Dropping one shirt, catching another. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes no, I, love they, it. I mean, sometimes they do the thing where, like, like from one frame to another, like a hat will appear on someone's head or yeah. a shirt will appear on someone's head. I think Merch Freak is my favorite. If you take out that weird video where Nick is like rolling up his eyes, I don't like that part of it. Uh-huh. But I like all other parts of Merch Freak, especially how just angry Matt is by being forced <laughs> to wear the terrible merch that's the best part of merch freak the matt reaction the matt acting of the merch freak i like that the merch freak has started to branch out and interact with other characters like christopher daniels and um and uh justin roberts yeah that's fun yeah i also like that the merch freak allowed us to see nick's weird bird's nest deck at his home that looks awesome (laughs) i swear he's i swear he's building a half pipe (laughs) maybe uh yeah, I, I think I think I would probably lean Merch Freak, but it's real close. What do you think, Megan? Uh, yeah, it's... Mm, part, Jenny's right. Merch Freak is great, but a really big part of it, too, is the way you can see Matt's soul die when, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when he gets Merch Freaked. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's so good. Um, but I cannot get over the way the Duya thing you even when you know it's coming i still just crack up every time it happens and i loved the segment with joey janela sitting there oh when he wasn't ready for it yeah and he said something offhand and kaz was like "Uh oh and then he had to like stop and like prepare himself and (laughs) do it again it was so good so those are my top two if i had to pick oh i guess merch freak edges it out just because of all the the effort and editing they put into it. I do love the simplicity of Duya, though. I do, I do like that he can, like, just put that in anywhere. <laughs> you know? It's great. Do, yeah. I, I, I am in total agreement. Duya and Merch Freak are the best bits of this year. I would lean a little bit more towards Merch Freak, primarily because of Matt's dying soul. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I think it's a consensus. Uh, it's... Uh... As close as it could be, but we all lean slightly towards Merch Freak. So, Merch Freak slash Matt being forced to wear Young Bucks merch is the best Being the Elite recurring bit. Next up, we've got Best Backstory. And, Jenny, do you want to explain this category? Yeah, so I I think what we were trying to get here is best kind of background or character trait, character development of... You know, a lot of those undesirable to undeniable segments that Cody was trying to kind of give some backstories on or in some of the promos where they're trying to to tell a little bit more of the background, the beginnings of of the characters. We just wanted to talk about some of the the wrestlers who have done the best in that area this year. Yeah. Uh, So our contenders are, our initial contenders are Brandon Cutler, Britt Baker, Cody, Darby Allen, John Moxley, 
Luchasaurus, and Shanna. Okay, so Brandon Cutler I put on there because uh, to this day, I don't care how much he loses, I'm still very charmed by just how much of an impact getting his AEW contract had on him and how he was like trying really hard in the indies before that, and this basically changed his life. I, uh, I, I cried uh, uh, at, that, at that BTE episode. Yeah, it was so touching, and he was so happy. You could tell that this was not just a guy who had already made it changing companies. This was, like, the biggest thing that has happened to him ever. Yeah. So that was touching. So um, I mi- I must have missed that BTE, because my heart has always been cold towards Brandon Keller. <laughs> you deny his friendship with the Bucks. Well, and not even that. It's just like someone who's trying to get with the Bucks, but like the Bucks are best friends. They don't need you. They have Kenny. They don't need you, Brandon. He's he's been with them since day one. They don't need him. <laughs> they have Kenny. Okay. Jenny, he's not a hanger on. Like they set up the surprise for him. He didn't know he was getting a contract. And that was also part of how why it was so heartwarming is because they set it up with whoever was filming instead of him that day. To say, like, all right, we're going to give him this contract and you got to catch the moment because they presented it as something totally different. And when he saw it, he just kind of broke down and cried with, like, joy. What an asshole to then turn on him and be in the dark <laughs> order and cut Matt's lip. I mean, it's true. We'll, we'll see how that plays out. Britt Baker obviously has, has you know, a very great backstory. She's a dentist. She's, she's, dentist. she's the wrestling dentist. Not since Isaac Yankum DDS have we had a wrestling dentist. <laughs> You know, I actually, like, I know we kind of make fun of how much they're trying to get over the fact that she's a dentist. Yeah. But I really like, like, I think it's really important to showcase to young girls. That you can do anything. That you can do yes. anything. That, it's very impressive. And, she's a and, professional woman and she's also a professional wrestler. Exactly. Yeah. And even if you want to pursue your dreams of of becoming a professional wrestler, becoming a entertainer of any kind like still getting that degree and the experience and and having the the real job to support yourself as well yeah like when eventually your entertaining career dies out and, and and on the other hand even if you are on a professional track and, but there's still something that you want to do in the entertainment world. There's no reason you can't do both. Exactly. Yeah. You can do anything. Young girls, you can do anything. Yes. And and I do love that that they have someone like this. I wish they would... I, I don't know that they focus on exactly the right thing that I want them to focus on when telling this backstory. But I think it's an important thing to have on the roster. Sure, yeah. Megan... Would you agree it's important, but I feel like maybe maybe they sh- might want to turn it just a little bit to focus on? Yeah, like, I don't know what else they'd focus on about her, but I think it's good they're highlighting that she's a lady professional. I just don't find her that compelling as a wrestler, I guess, is my only issue with her. Yeah, I agree with that. It's I really want this executive collective to happen. Oh, do you? I do. do I really do. Um, so you're, I think you're going to have to turn to Brandy for that whenever she's over her <laughs> cult thing. <laughs> I think that's really more the direction you want to look. We've got Cody on this list. And Megan, would you like to uh, talk about Cody's spot on this list? Yes. So Cody and I think the next like th- two people, I went less from 
I think I went away from what Jenny was thinking and was just focused more on them as like the wrestlers where um, Cody has the whole family background that he's kind of, it's not baggage, but I feel like he feels like he has a lot to prove and like all the stuff with his dad and losing his dad, like he's got a lot going on as a person in wrestling. And for him, this whole endeavor, I think is a huge moment and shows that he can, he can be his own person and he can do wrestling and he's not held. He shouldn't be held back or I don't know, maybe held in a certain light because of his background. So I just thought this was Cody's moment to be like, this is my deal and I can be successful. Like celebrate that. And Darby Allen is, I mean, you know, beyond what you want to say about him. I mean, he is a goth skater boy from Seattle who says that he is half alive and half dead. So, I mean, that's a hell of a backstory. See you yeah, later, he, boy. He came in in a body bag on one match. Um, yeah. He took, he took a, his, his drunk uncle picked him up one day and crashed the car and died. And that's like, that was kind of the beginning of the end for Darby Allen feeling like a normal person. Yep. So he's a weird, weird dude. Jenny's looking thought, at me like she's never heard this story before. What? She hasn't. Why would she have heard that? Well, don't they say it? They've said it like four or five times on Dynamite and Dark. Have they? I don't... Yeah. I've never heard this. Yeah. And yeah. I've watched every episode of Dynamite and Dark. Well, they, they've said it a few times. Can you say what the story is? So when he was like 10 years old, his uncle came and picked him up, and they went for a drive, and his uncle was drunk, and his uncle crashed the car they were in and died in front of Darby, and Darby says that from that day, he's felt half alive and half dead. Oh my god. <laughs> was Darby hurt in that accident? It doesn't sound like it. Oh my god. Yeah, so if you, ever, if you wonder why he is, as uh, Megan says, extra as hell... That's probably a big part of it. Okay. Oh my god, that's just terrible. Megan, you knew that backstory, right? I think I knew like parts of it. Okay. I don't I don't think I but I really don't remember hearing all of it on like announced. It seems too dark for that. Seems too AEW dark for that. Yes. But he is like hella extra and um I also just think it's interesting and less dark that he was a guy who did skating, like skateboarding, and decided, I'm going to wrestle. And he's done so well in that transition. So I just thought that was interesting. I'm not a professional um, skating critic, but based on what I've seen, he's better at wrestling than he is at skating anyway. So, All right. So he he knew his talents. Yeah. John Moxley, I think uh, this, I mean, his backstory is kind of like he escaped prison, you know? Like, like that's that's yeah. kind of the thing with him. It's it's a big year for him. We haven't really been exposed to this John Moxley uh, in this AEW Extended Universe before this year. Where, uh, you know, whereas Cody, of course, we have, you know, we've been with him for a while um, through being the elite and all that stuff. But Mox is, Mox is a new character this year. Yeah, I I wanted to highlight just how different when he left WWE, he basically changed into 
this this current embodiment of him and he ran roughshod over like all the the g1 stuff in japan and then he came here and he's just gotten to basically do whatever he wants which is great because john moxley being free to make his own creative choices is way better than what he was given in wwe so i don't think he has like um a dramatic backstory per se but just where he is now versus where he was a year ago to me is a complete 180 and i thought that was really cool luchasaurus a master of uh what medieval french literature something that you will never need in real life yes (laughs) kids (laughs) go to business school (laughs) you're gonna spend money on college get a degree you can get a job in he also has a very interesting backstory and that he was basically run out of WWE developmental. Oh, really? I didn't know that about him. Yeah. And he is, he's also partially the reason that the former, the, the pre um, Matt Bloom head of uh, developmental got fired. Bill DeMott uh, was, he was, he was one of the people who was uh, basically like being hazed nonstop by Bill DeMott. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I don't so, think I've heard that part. Yeah, yeah. There's some, yeah, not some good stuff that happened there back in those days. How would you even be brave enough to try to haze a man that large? I, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, so he's, he's, you know, he's, he's a guy. He's like, you know, he's not super young, and he's kind of like this is his big shot, and it's amazing how like over Luchasaurus is. Oh, he's incredibly over. I think the only person who's more over than him is Orange Cassidy. <laughs> uh, Shanna is uh, a French, a, a what, a Portuguese lass from France who was told by TNA in a uh, different era that she was too fat, basically, and uh, she's found her way. She's found her way uh, to America. Yes. I put her on here because of her segment, specifically because of getting denied and because of um, similar to Britt Baker. I think it's important to showcase women of all shapes and sizes because there is no right body type. And I think it's really sad that TNA told her she was too fat because she is not, she is not fat. She is not. So... That's uh, both gross, but also I'm glad she ended up in AEW because I believe she said that she had decided she would be quitting because of the rejection, and instead she found her place here. So I think it's inspiring. I'd, yeah, and I'd like to I'd hope we see more of her in the new year. Mm-hmm. Me too. We have a couple of additions to the list. We have Jungle Boy, of course, the, the son of... Actor Luke Perry, who passed away tragically earlier this year, and uh, he is—I mean, that's his backstory. It's—it's it's a weird thing. He is a—he is a jungle savage <laughs> who is also the son of uh, basically like you know Hollywood teen heartthrob royalty. Was he just born on the? Um... Uh, Swiss Family Robinson ride at Disneyland. <laughs> Maybe. And grew up there. Could be, yeah. 
That's possible. I was thinking George of the Jungle. Yeah, I was trying to I was, I was trying to remember the name. So he's an interesting one. Uh, you know, being like a you know, like a son of a Hollywood. I wouldn't I don't know if I'd say legend, but like, you know, someone who was certainly a big star in his day. Uh, Sunny Kiss has been added to this list. Uh I don't know. I don't really know Sunny Kiss's backstory. What is Sunny Kiss's backstory, Jenny? I feel like they could do a better job of telling us Sunny Kiss's <laughs> backstory. This is why I put him on the list. I want to know Sunny Kiss's backstory. Okay. I find him very compelling when I see him in the ring. I am impressed by his moves and the the little bit I see of him on BTE and um, the steady appearances on the Sammy Guevara blog have made me very interested in learning more about his backstory. And I would like to learn more. Yes. And also openly gay, which is, I feel like, you know, I don't know. I mean, as far as openly gay, a very, I would say underrepresented segment of the population in pro wrestling. It's just Sonia Deville that I can think of. As far as, like, in a major company, yeah. Yeah. There yeah. used to be, um, oh, what was his name? Darren. Darren Young. Darren Young, yeah. Like John Cena. I wasn't going to call him that, but sure. Wow, um, he looks like a black John Cena. I know, it is weird. <laughs> but, yeah, I think those are the only two. And also, weirdly, I don't know what Velveteen Dream, like, what his actual what he identifies as, but I feel like that is a straight man playing a sex- <laughs> sexually ambiguous man. <laughs> and, and maybe that's, you know, telling, like, maybe give the role to the gay man. Maybe, I don't know. Uh, and then I would, I would like to add Nyla Rose. I was going to add Nyla as well. To the list because uh, Nyla Rose is, is trans- and Native American, which are two very underrepresentative, underrepresented population segments in pro wrestling. Like, I don't know that there is another. I mean, I'm sure there are other transgender pro wrestlers, but I can't. I, I don't know who they are. Certainly not at a major company. Yeah. And as for Native Americans, yeah, very, very few. Uh, like, and, and in the past, it's it's always been a very, like, kind of stereotypical, like, you know, war dance kind of. Mm-hmm. whooping and hollering gimmick like Tatanka or Chief J Strongbow or, uh, you know. Yeah. I think it would be really nice if we could get some segments on some of these underrepresented. I feel like we get a little bit when Nyla Rose is on the screen. They talk just a little bit, mm-hmm. but not very much. Like, why I was aren't su- we getting an su- undeniable to undesirable? Yeah, I was surprised that she didn't get one of those. Yeah, and Sunny Kiss as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, we don't know, I guess, what is coming up with those if Cody gets back to them, to be fair. But you're right. Like, my list, initial list is so white and mostly men <laughs> that, like... I'm ashamed, but also I didn't know any of the background for like Sunny Kiss and Nyla Rose, so I just didn't put them on there because uh, I didn't know what to say other than yeah. We I mean, I told, you, I told you literally everything I know about Nyla Rose, and yeah. then yeah. that's and that's what's sad. It's like I'm intrigued. I want to learn more. 
I yeah. follow them on our Instagram, and they're they're the Elite B Pod. Yes. <laughs> so I get to see a little bit there, but like I want to know more. I'm interested, and I would like a little segment. So if this is kind of our, you know, this is our list. I'm pretty torn. Like, I'm I'm kind of leaning towards Brandon Cutler because, like, I got legitimately emotional over that. You won't get me on Brandon Cutler. Okay. It'll have to be a two, two, to th- two, <laughs> two out of three on Brandon Cutler. I'm not voting for that. Huh. Well, well that's who's somebody thing, we though. can all agree on? <laughs> I feel like the Brandon Cutler thing, that just, ugh, that's another loss to the B- BTE only thing because if you were basing it only off what you saw on Dynamite or Dark, yeah, he just looks like a guy that loses a lot. So it is sad that his personality isn't coming through. I don't even know that they do a great job of explaining to us that he's the Young Bucks friend, at least on, like, just on Dynamite. No. No, I assume the segments after the show on BTE where, like, he's out there with them after the show, when they are, like, interacting with the crowd and stuff, it's very clear that he's filming. forced to strip. Yes. (laughs) But, like, other than that, unless you watch BTE, you have no idea about his relationship to them. I, I, you know what? I think I'm leaning Darby Allen, then. Jenny, what's your, what is your pick? Because I feel like none of these people are, like, that we (laughs) mentioned. I'm having a hard time with this, because... I feel like Dynamite and Dark and all the other segments that they're putting out are not doing a good job of providing me with the backstories for for these people. Like, because I didn't know any of that about Darby Allen mm-hmm. until you just told me that. Just like, I would like to know more about Sunny Kiss and, and Nyla Rose. And right. I don't. So I feel very... I feel like I'm just getting the background of these, like, high-profile people. Yeah. And not and not of some of the more interesting. Like, at this point, I would say the best job that Dynamite has done in providing me with backstories and backgrounds on people would probably be Britt Baker or Cody. Yeah, I think, I think you're right, because those are people that they focus on. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. I think... If we were going off the criteria of what we've learned from Dynamite and Dark only, I would go with Cody. And if we were going off criteria of like people we want to know more about, Nyla and Sunny would be my tops. Um, I know Nyla was terrible at commentary, but oh, man. <laughs> but she she drops some D and D references, so like she like kind of gave you a nugget of. I can tell she's interested in that because of the references. So, like, I'm curious to know more about her as a person. Like, is she a big nerd? Is that what her deal is? It will never come up on any of the television because why would it? But you could do a segment on her as a person. They should do some kind of BTE thing where she and Brandon Cutler are, like, talking about D&D. Yeah, I would watch that. That would be fun. Yeah, look, I just don't know where to go on this list. Like, I I guess, I don't know, I guess for... We also, I mean, I I could get behind that. We also didn't talk. Do a lot of of background on the Bucks on Dynamite. I I feel like it's stuff that we all know though because yeah. we've been following them for years. Yeah. What about Santana so and so, Ortiz? 
They did a really good background that's, on on them. That's actually interesting because I, because honest to God, going into Full Gear, I didn't like. I had heard about Santana Ortiz and we'd seen him some a few times on on Dynamite and, and such, and you know with the whole inner circle angle. But I didn't know anything about them. And they did that promo piece where they're just like in their neighborhood and talking about be proud of your sexuality, be proud of your sexuality, and just talking about like growing up and how dangerous it is and like mm-hmm. and I I really like I felt really connected to those guys in that moment. I I did as well actually. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That was a really good segment and like the best one we've had on them so far because like you said, when they did that big reveal. Uh, like they ran out and helped Chris Jericho. The it was masks. like, yeah, yeah. And then when they took him off, I know it was supposed to be impactful, but I was like, who are these guys? I, I have yeah. my supposed to be. Sh- I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was it was rough, but uh, but that was very good. But again, that was like the only segment they did on them. I think I think as far as like. I think it's probably Brit, just because like they keep they just beat it into your head. <laughs> they do beat like... it into your head. <laughs> so if that's the standard, but I don't. I'm not saying that that has to be the standard. Right, I'm saying yeah. that I I'm having a hard time deciding. I think Jungle Boy has the most interesting backstory, just because he's a famous actor's son, <laughs> and I mean... the fact that like for his gimmick. Despite everyone knowing that he is a famous actor's son, <laughs> they decided some somebody decided whether it was him or some other some promoter or something decided that he was going to be the Jungle Boy. And having just being introduced into society, yes, yeah. Is there someone we can all agree on? Put Britt Baker, but with the understanding that we all find other people more interesting. <laughs> okay, I'm comfortable with that. <laughs> Britt Baker by default because the they just bang job. on about it all the time. <laughs> yeah. As Joey Janela says, the TNT execs really wanted yeah. to get over the fact that she's a dentist. Yeah. Okay. After that exhaustive sec, uh, I didn't expect to spend that much time on that one, but um, we got to get these right, you know. It's very important. So our next category is best gear. Of course, Megan put John Moxley. As her first contender for this. I think he looks good at it. Now, what do you feel about him moving back to his pants? I like it. I'm actually going to go with the weird, um, you know, maybe less, a less thirsty version of an answer than you'd expect from me. But, like, I think tights on dudes look really good. I think underwear type bottoms can be awkward. Thighs can be weird. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so, so tights are good. Trunks are iffy, but pants are like, I guess probably depending on the character, pants work, right? Yeah, I think I count pants as tights. Basically, like something that covers the full leg versus trunks <laughs> that are like the boy cut, <laughs> and then okay. the full on like underwear cut. Okay, so let me let me ask you this then. Okay. What about the rock? Like, what about the rock? Like, like his ge- like his gear, or like you know, simple short trunks. Does he look weird wearing them? 
No, it's and it's not that guys look weird necessarily, unless they have all white, like underwear cut. That looks looks like like a diaper. Yeah, don't do that. But like, like, mm -hmm. yeah. But like, if you look at like, um, like Kip Sabian, the cut on his, the more shortsy sort of deal. I like that. Boy short. Yeah. Megan just has some fears of thighs. Randy Orton. He, his thighs really ruined it for me. <laughs> I like a strong thigh. Mm-hmm. Randy Orton's goes too far. When Megan started watching WWE, like when she first started watching and didn't have a lot to base her opinions of, like, you know, she didn't know a lot about the wrestlers. So based, like, purely on looks, she deemed Randy Orton to be the third hottest guy in the company. What? I said he looked like a neo-Nazi, though. What? You <laughs> Randy Orton was the third hottest guy? I was shown pictures. I don't know. Oh, and my then, God, Megan. And then he opened his mouth, and I was like, ugh, oh, gross. You, you saw his face. I feel like it was a good picture. Like <laughs> a young picture. It was a young. Like a young, young picture. I mean, he was probably like also, 30 at the time. He's, only, he's, only, he's, he's, like, he's sneaky young. Uh, John Moxley. First of this category, uh, following me, Hikaru Shida, Kenny Omega, Luchasaurus, Orange Cassidy, Riho, the magical girl, Yuka Sakazaki. When the hell is she going to be back? I don't know, but she was costumed up, and I was like, we got to recognize her in this category. Yeah, I love her. And Jericho's heel jackets. (laughs) Jenny. (laughs) That was mine. (laughs) I, so I have, I actually have a very strong inkling or have a very strong indication in this category actually and and so i guess i'll go ahead and say it now i think karoshita has the best gear in aew oh wow yeah i think her gear is very good it's it's excellent Mm -hmm. i would like the wrestlers to wear different variations of their gear though so hikaroshita is only one gear set the whole time it's true does does so let me ask you this. Does does her like does her ring jacket count though? I don't think that I have processed her ring jacket. Okay. <laughs> like I I don't know that they show her coming down to the ring all the time. Right. Which makes it difficult. It it would make it more difficult to process a ring jacket if you don't see her come down to the yeah. ring. Yeah. It is like a floor length like oh, robe okay. level like jacket. Okay. So anyway, like I'm not saying that that's like got to be the winner, but I'm just saying that I I really like her gear. Well, can we get a clarification on, um, like what everybody the criteria was for picking this? Because best gear is very subjective. Like, like we, <laughs> like Jenny just judged me for John Moxley, but that is my taste. I I like the simple, um, certain cuts and pants and stuff. I like Hikarashita's because it's fun and colorful. Uh, but also, like, I feel like gear varies wildly from, like, just a simple I'm a wrestler to I'm trying to convey some sort of character and there may or may not be, like, costuming involved. No, I, I mean, Megan, I think it's meant to be subjective. And I wasn't judging you for John Moxley's simplicity <laughs> in his gear. I was judging you for your blind love of John Moxley. Oh, it's not. It's, yeah. <laughs> No, that's fair. You that's just misread fair. my judgment. No, that's fair. 
that's fair. <laughs> but I will pick. I feel like I will pick a man in tights over a like the the shorter cuts, and I don't know why. I just like the look better. I I do too. I I don't love the wrestling like trunks. I I would much rather see like a pant. Megan, it appears that we have had or a late a late jeans. entry. Can you could you please read that off for me? Oh God, no! I will never read that off for you. <laughs> no, I'll happily it, do it. Angelico. It flies in the face of God and all that is good and holy. And Helico, the biker boy, that I will now oh. remove from the list. <laughs> oh, terrible! Ugh. On on this list, I I think Jericho's heel jackets are perfection. So I would vote for that, or I would vote for Hikaru Shida. Okay. I like Orange Cassidy's look. Oh, Orange Cassidy is a good look, too. I do, too. I like that it's casual. and But then, like, to swing to the other side of the spectrum here, I like Luchasaurus's over-the-top look, where he's mm. literally dressed like a dinosaur. That's true. He has a good mask. Yeah, he does. And then you've got Yuka Sakazaki that is dressed like a magical girl, so yeah. it's kind of like, do you want to go with someone who is um, costumed or do you want to go with someone who just looks like a good fighter, I guess? So Megan, what's like, what's your, what's your kind of, what's your leaning in this category? Um, my leaning is, I guess, Hikaru Shida because she oh. kind of melds the two. I think I like that her, her gear is colorful and fun. And very uniquely her, but I also think that, you know, I'm judging ladies' gear versus men's gear, and that's apples and oranges, too, because it's just, it's not the same. I don't think Kenny hangs on this list. I don't, I'm not really crazy about his gear this year. He's only worn one pant. I liked Kenny's gear at, um, I think it was All Out. Yeah. Specifically. Uh, I just put him on here because... He is one of the guys who gets a little more creative and changes things up. Obviously not on the show, but it seems like he... For pay-per-views, maybe. Yeah, he like experiments a little more in that, that area. And I did really like his... I want to say all-out gear. Where it was like kind of a purple... Like it was a black pant, but had like... The lettering was purple-styled. And it was oh, really cool good, looking. Good memory. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. So I, I think Kenny is one of the the ones who gets creative with his gear he's for special been, occasions. He's been wearing that for the last three months. Are you sure? Is that the is that his That's, TV? Yeah, gear? and the back part, yeah. there's like a little indent above his like butt crack to like. <laughs> well, maybe he debuted it all out. Yeah, that's my only issue. Like I just I like how on WWE the wrestlers change up their gear. Maybe not week to week, but pretty frequently. Mm-hmm. And I wish the AEW wrestlers would do that. Like, have similar styles in gear, but slightly different variations to make it a little bit more fun. Well, you know what's killing it, Jenny, is the one-day-a-week work schedule because they actually have time to go home and wash their gear. They don't have I to know. have just, like, many I know many that's backups. what's killing it. <laughs> but they have Sandra back there. She could be <laughs> making shit. She could, she could. So Jenny, where, where are you? Where are you falling on this list? I I can get behind Hikaru Oshida. Okay, I think that's a that's close enough to a consensus. Hikaru Oshida, best gear. I love it. 
All right, now here is the category that I am maybe the most excited about. So the, the category is Best Supporting Character. And that's, so it's kind of like Best Non-Wrestler, but we also felt, so Jenny and I were kind of talking about this, we felt, felt like it could also be a wrestler who's just not, like, super featured. Mm-hmm. You know, who's best maybe in small doses. So these are, these are, our, uh, these are our candidates. Aubrey Edwards. Love her. Best referee I've ever seen. Bryce Remsburg, The Bunny. What a great turn. What a great <laughs> look. Allie was not getting over as The Bunny. I am behind it. She's so hot. <laughs> Jake Hager, Justin Roberts, Mega Parak. My girl crush. <laughs> Orange Cassidy, Rick Knox, Tony Schiavone, and Wardlow. Okay. Jenny. <laughs> do you want to talk about why Mega should win this category? <laughs> Mega is perfect in every way. So Mega... But is she perfect for this category? Yes. Yes, she is. Yes, because she had a great supporting character role on the Charleston show where Jericho and Cody signed their contracts to fight in full gear. Yep. And she looked so businesslike. She got those flags out. She's a real lawyer. She also had that supporting role on that episode of Road 2, All Out. And she looked so, on on that Road 2, she played it off so well. She was like, I cannot believe I have to deal with these boys like, this is, I am an actual lawyer. Like I'm a what, lawyer for an NFL team. Exactly. What have I done with my life? That's with these wrestlers. Yes. And she has a great Instagram game. So she, before the her debut Dynamite role with the signing of the papers, she was backstage doing the Do Ya arm curls with that band. Yeah. Whatever that's called. The resistance band. The resistance band getting all swole to hand out the pens. I just want to. I just want to interrupt for half a second. I just. I don't know if this is meaningful, but I just saw on our Google Docs that Megan has placed the cursor next to Bryce Remsburg's name, as if she's about to highlight him as the winner. Nah, you don't know me. <laughs> I will not vote for Bryce. A, how dare you? I will die on a hill for Mega. Megan, uh... Wait, I'm not done Okay, I'm talking sorry. about I'm Mega. Sorry. Jenny so... has another two hours scheduled for this TED Talk. Hold on. <laughs> Mega also on her Instagram game uh, for Halloween dressed up as Chris Jericho borrowed the AEW belt and had a magnum veuve and did a promo to her teddy bears. I love her so much. On her Instagram, uh, she also... You can relate to almost all of that. <laughs> I know. She, um... She's also, like, said stuff, uh, like, trying to inspire women and has talked about, like... Body positivity. Body positivity and um, eating disorders and things like that. Um, she is so bright. She graduated from Harvard undergrad in three years and then is a graduate of Harvard Law School. Was a an executive of a company before she was 30. Like she's, she's amazing. 
She lives in a high-rise condo in Jacksonville. It looks like Miami. She travels the world. She just seems so nice. She's like this great aunt. She takes her little niece and nephew to Disney, Disney brunch with the characters and stuff. Mm -hmm. She likes brunch. Yeah. I just, she's just perfect. And I want to be best friends with Mega. I mean, that must be awkward. Ouch. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Megan. I guess I guess you've got your spot until she we can manage like a a meetup. But uh... oh, my mouth slipped. <laughs> oh, shit! No, I would not go for Bryce. Megan, uh, what do you? What do you? What's your? What's your leaning on this category? Or do you want me to go first? It's up to you. Um. Well, I can. I can say that. So, like, I kind of dumped some names in here just because. I was trying to think of all the people that would qualify as a quote-unquote supporting character. So, like, if I'm being honest, like, I don't think Wardlow's been around enough to hang. Um, Who else would I cut? I love Justin Roberts, but I don't know that he, he, like, really hangs either. Um, Jake Hager, I... I do do like that he has a character, Mm -hmm. though. Me too. Where WWE announcers are also, like, anonymous. Yeah, I I really do like Justin Roberts, and I think he he floats in that space of he's a straight man but also, to all their jokes, but also he's so good at conveying that he doesn't realize that he's a straight man. So he's really good at that. But I just feel like um, there are stronger contenders. I hate Jake Hager, but... He is part of the inner circle, and he did have the funny moments of when Jericho couldn't say the word sorry. Um, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. like uh, Jake Hager because he uh, likes uh, uh, Twitter comments about transphobia, but or that are transphobic, rather. But I have to admit, he has been very good in his role. Yeah, what he's hired to do, which thankfully is to be a silent like muscle. It was really cool when he like uh, swatted Marco Stunt out of the air last week. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so like if you had to like like temperaturize where I'm at is I would pick um, my top people are probably Aubrey, Bryce, and Tony, and I only Jenny. I want to stop you before you you go on go after me about Mega. The only reason I don't think Mega is a top contender for this category is because everything you just said about her is completely off the show. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, she was on the show seen... once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, if you're not Instagramming, stalking <laughs> Mega, you don't know what a great supporting character she is. Exactly. Like, <laughs> She's a great supporting character in my life. Like, I feel like Mega uh, would win if, if more of that stuff were on these shows, but I would want to pick somebody who um, has... <laughs> More of their personality displayed on camera. <laughs> All right. I, I, I understand your point there. Okay. <laughs> I understand your point. If if Meg is off the table, and she will always win in my heart for this category, mm-hmm. I would probably go with Aubrey or Tony. So, Megan, you said that yours were Aubrey, Tony, and, who, and Bryce were your kind of three that you were looking at? Yes. And Jenny, you said Aubrey and Tony. Yeah. And the two I'm looking at are Orange Cassidy and Tony. 
Okay. I think Orange Cassidy is a contender. Yes. No, I agree with that. I could get behind Orange. He's almost, he's almost like the person who won the best supporting actor when he was really the primary actor. What? <laughs> Remember that, like, a few years ago where that one guy got nominated for best supporting character, but he was the star of the movie and he won the Oscar? Was he black? Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. No, no, what, what was his name? <laughs> uh, it was for, like, Magic or Midnight or Magic in the Midnight. Magic. Uh, it was not for Magic in the Moonlight. <laughs> um, it was for Moonlight. Moonlight. Uh, uh, Mershala Ali. Yes. That's what Orange Cassidy feels like in this. Like, he's a little bit, like, I think he fits in here, but he's, like, also, like, above it. So, like, he should clearly win, but is he in the right category? I think he is. I think he is totally a supporting character. And I think he's fantastic at it. I think think he would be less effective as a main character. To be fair, he's never been billed in, like, a singles match, much like many of the other trios members are it's always best friends with orange cassidy and never never him fighting alone well and he could never do a singles match unless he got so mad that he could actually wrestle right i think orange is i think orange has been such a great ad and i think that he is additive in every way to the best friends act and he always gets such a great big pop he gets the biggest pop of anyone in the company. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, Steve Austin, 1999. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, just, I, you know, like, I think I... And, and the other one, for my money, is, is Tony Schiavone. Like, what a, what a delight to be reintroduced to him and for you two to be introduced to him for the first time. And he is the glue that holds the commentary together. He is... He's great on dynamite. He's great on dark. He's he is the consummate professional broadcaster that this that this group needed. I agree. I think if like with my picks, I might draw a line personally and say that I would want to pick. I'm changing my three. It's Aubrey Bryce and Orange Cassidy because I love Tony. Don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. I think he should be recognized in a not non-existent like best commentator role because (laughs) (laughs) like people in the arena don't get to enjoy his commentating so like if we're looking at purely in-ring supporting here i would go aubrey bryce orange and i would be willing to pick orange above the refs even though i want to recognize both of them for how good they are at what they do what do you think jenny what do you think the referees is is uh well, obviously, you don't think of Bryce, but what do you think of Aubrey as like the potential? How dare you? Why do you hate Bryce? <laughs> Aubrey's so much better than Bryce. She hasn't. She hasn't seen the good Bryce. I think I will say that I really appreciate on AEW how they match the refs to the type of match that's running. So, like Aubrey gets high-profile main events, very serious matches, like title matches. Bryce gets the ones where you throw in those. Freaking hybrid two boys causing trouble and you know like the comedy matches bryce gets those because he can participate aubrey gets the serious ones because she means business and that is awesome i love it and you know it's not for nothing jericho like wants her as his referee for all of his matches like he's picked her 
Yeah. I mean, she's just, she's, she holds herself so well. She's strong. She's capable. She's, she's good at emoting as well on, on screen and, and, um, and acting when she needs to, but you can tell she's also very real. Um, I enjoyed her undesirable to undeniable segment with Cody, where she talked a little bit about um, how WWE had kicked her to her. Basically shit on her, yeah. Yeah, after the Mae Young Classic tryout. I, th- I, think she's, I think she's the best ref they have. And no other ref has ever been screamed for and chanted for in a stadium like when uh, Nick hit Rick Knox in the face and knocked him out last week and they needed a new ref. Everyone in that building wanted Aubrey. Yeah. It happened in, uh, it happened in Charleston too. She's very, yeah, she's, she's very over. I, I would not, you know, I wouldn't, uh, I'm fine. If you guys want to do Aubrey Edwards, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm willing. I, I, I I'm wondering though. I'm thinking it should be Orange Cassidy. Meg was getting ready to highlight Aubrey. She was. <laughs> I did not move my mat. Well, okay, a little. <laughs> we you moved, just... you moved it enough for the words Megan uh, and your last name to <laughs> pop up on the screen. We just we spent a lot of time talking about how awesome Aubrey is. I love Aubrey oh. and um, you know positive female role models. I love a positive female role model. So, but I just know how strong Orange Cassidy's character is. We've, we're going on lots of Orange Cassidy in this company, and he's getting more pop, not less. It is not burning out. It is, it is like burning brighter by the week. No, and I, I don't dislike anyone on this list. Well, except Jake Hager. I do dislike <laughs> him. I want to make that clear. But everyone else is great. <laughs> you, don't like, you don't like MAGA chud Jake Hager? Ugh. Hate him. I hate that I put him on this list, but he fit the bill. He's a supporting character. He is. So, um, but like, with that being said, I do think if we're narrowing it down 50 50, I'm going to go either Orange or Aubrey. What do you guys think? Because they perform different roles. So, you know, it's not a one to one comparison. I mean, I, I, would, I would tend towards Orange. On the, as far as between those two. Let's go with Orange, but like Aubrey is... A super close second. Super, super close second. Like not even a full second. Like one foot is still on the podium for first. Like one and one A. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. And Mega in my heart will always be first. You made some solid points about Mega. My only issue is... They weren't on TV. Me, yeah, I would never know. <laughs> I didn't even know she was a real lawyer based on the TV segment. That's true. They could have done a better job there. All right. Next we go to worst gimmick. We don't have a best gimmick because that's not as fun. It's not. Worst You're gimmick. all about this. Our, ca- our contenders are Angelico's bodysuit. <laughs> Damn it. The chairman, Sean Spears. The Dark Order. The Librarians. And the Nightmare Collective. Oh, for me, it's between Brandy and Awesome Kong cutting off extensions in the Nightmare Collective and the fucking Dark Order shit. I hate both. I hate them just 
so much. I think they're awful. I don't want to see them on TV. Please get them off my TV. I want to pick both of these so that they're gone. I mean, these don't really, these choices don't, they're not going to stop. <laughs> Wait, our, our pick for worst gimmick doesn't mean that AEW will stop one of them? Oh, Jenny, no, I want to make it clear to you. Um, this is all just for us. <laughs> these are non-binding. <laughs> yeah. We should have gotten Mega down here. Oh, she could have notarized them. <laughs> she could have. So I will say that uh, when I filled this out, I, I added these things, and I'm sure that you guys probably agreed because there's not too many established gimmicks at this point that are horrible, but um, <laughs> I don't think in Helica's bodysuit, the chairman and the librarians are anywhere near the like level of offensive Dark Order and Nightmare Collective are. They're just funny, bad, you know? <laughs> so... I would pick the Nightmare Collective because I do like aspects of the Dark Order still. I think if they could just lock in the cult vibe they want, it'd be great. That TV segment last week was very bad, but their videos are brilliant. I think they're really, they hit the right vibe in a way that I wouldn't actually expect them to hit. So I want them to succeed on that level. So I would say Nightmare Collective because I don't really like anything about them. I agree. I, you know, if you had put Dark Order on a worst gimmick list two weeks ago, I would have been like, "Get the fuck out of here!" The Dark Order is actually very great, but I'm I'm more guarded with that after the after the end of Dynamite uh, on the uh, on the 18th. But uh, I still think that the Nightmare Collective is by far the worst thing. The librarians suck, but they suck in a way that like they're only like on they're not on TV very much. They have very limited screen time. I don't know if they're they're like never on dynamite. Almost. No. They're on dark sometimes, and then they make like appearances on BTE. That's pretty much it. They're less offensive. They're they're not preventing us from having someone we love do something good on TV. Like Brandy. That's true. Like yeah. the Nightmare Collective is preventing Brandy, who's a great character, wonderful at promos, love her, would love to see her on my TV being herself doing something good i think it has to be a nightmare collective but i want it known that i want the dark order and the nightmare collective gone and bring in the executive collective of brandy mega and aubrey so sounds like we're agreed nightmare collective it is for worst gimmick that was a quick easy one very good bam Next up, we have best promo. Now, Jenny and I had debated, should this be best on promos as a wrestler or best individual promo? We thought best individual promo was more interesting. Yep. So the Okay, because uh, I started out the other way, and then I added notes later because I wasn't sure what you wanted. No. Yeah, Andy kind of wanted best person in promo. We've talked about that a few times. So I thought, let's actually get specific and talk yeah. about the best promo. And I'm glad you did because I think that's, that's, that's more interesting and nuanced. Uh, our candidates are Chris Jericho for his uh, promo introducing the inner circle. Uh, also Chris Jericho for his promo where he runs from the lexicon of Le Champion, the list of people he won't wrestle, which of course uh, resulted in the uh, Jungle Boy challenge. Um, I'm also going to add in Jericho's impromptu ad-libbed promo 
after his victory at All Out, where he saw a bottle of sparkling wine, took a sip, and said, a little bit of the bubbly. He also pointed to a man and said, look at you, giant idiot. Yep. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Dumb hair. He, he also called out Scorpio Sky and said, you see this? And held up the belt and said, this is the closest you'll ever get to this. Which, which I still wonder if they were thinking about that Scorpio Sky title challenge way now, back then. Maybe. Was that was that a, a setup for that? Maybe. So Chris Jericho has three separate promos. For Cody, we've got uh, his, his uh, promo on Jericho from a few weeks ago before uh, Full Gear. The one where he... I believe, Megan, this is the one where he was responding to Jericho calling him, like, an entitled millennial and all that stuff. Yeah, and he called him a stupid dick. Yes. Which and he said, made... like, he said, you grew up with the same silver spoon that I did. Your dad was a famous NHL player, you stupid dick. <laughs> that made my sister a complete non-fan of wrestling, who happened to be in the room when this happened. Look at the TV screen and laugh. She has no idea who these people are, but I thought that was powerful. That's great. Yeah, it's nice to know what the normies are thinking when they see wrestling happening. Cody's um, delivery of that line, I think, was the key. Mm-hmm. We also have uh, Cody's private jet and uh, limo ride with Co- with Tony on the way to the building, which was actually in Charleston. I was mm-hmm. at that show. And uh, uh, our friend Jason was sitting next to me saying, like, the airport's not that far from the building. Like, the whole time. <laughs> he said it multiple times. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Um, I just, I loved this one because they, it got really emotional and, uh, Tony was telling Cody stories about his dad and I I cried at this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was pretty, it was emotional for me. We have the MJF promo where he called out Cody and, uh, with his, he was the, this is the one where he was back and forth with Jericho on. Sounds to me like. You want me to join the inner circle? Sounds to me like you want to join the inner circle. <laughs> and uh, I have added Brandy's ice skating promo in the lead up to her match with Allie, which I thought was some was of the good. best promo work of the year. Unfortunately, it was immediately thrown away because she turned heel. It was. Um, and I don't really understand why. Anyway, I, I don't either. Anyway, I think this is like a nice uh, look at the kind of the top promos. Moxley did some nice promo work, but nothing like super specific that I would want to call mm-hmm. out. It just seems like whenever he has the mic, he's 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 good, but I don't think he's had like the breakout promo yet. I don't think he's had really anything to super sink his teeth into. I agree. Mm-hmm. I think of these, I lean towards Cody's promo on Jericho, I like leading to All Out or to uh, Full Gear. I I still think that that was maybe. It was one of the best babyface like promos I've ever heard. He's uh, his delivery is excellent. His content was excellent, and I I was with him. I was very much with him, and I, I remember talking about it with you guys on the show at the time. That that went from a match that I wasn't really anticipating. Like I was much more interested in the rest of the show on the rest of the card. To that becoming, without doubt, my number one match on the show. I was dying to see that match. I had to see what they were going to do to each other after their after their promos back and forth, and specifically Cody's promo on Jericho. 
I could get behind that. Mm-hmm. The other one that speaks to me is the Jericho impromptu promo. That after is, after uh, all out. After all out. Yeah. That's the first time that I really realized like they made the right call on putting him the champion. Like this guy is so talented because up until that point, I had just been thinking you're just trying to get this old has been star who has name recognition as your champion to sell tickets and to kind of boost your promotion at the beginning. But like, I'm so sick of WWE bringing in all these old people to try and sell tickets. It never works out. They're, they're past their prime and being able to do things. I saw Jericho just ad lib that. And I was like, Holy shit. He's got it. Like, yeah, he's amazing. And to bring champagne, (laughs) <laughs> into the wrestling world that I'm still hesitant on was the perfect transition for me. So if not for Jerrica doing that, you would not be here today? Is that what you're saying? I mean, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I um, added it to the list, so I think maybe one of my favorites was the Cody responding to Jericho uh the entitled millennial thing, just because I think Cody is such a good storyteller in both promos and his ring work. And unfortunately when he's telling stories with his ring work, it's um, often bloody in a way that I just don't want to participate in. So (laughs) I respect that he, he can tell the stories in his promos instead. And I thought just like his delivery is great. His messaging is great. All around, he understands how to deliver promos. And he's so charismatic and so good at it. And I just also, like, maybe the tipping point for me is that his promos over this past year in AEW have all been um, more, like, emotional mm-hmm. than than others. So I, I'm kind of on that page more. Like, I think Chris Jericho delivers a hell of a promo. They're always really funny. But I think... Cody is so good at connecting with people on that level of getting them emotionally invested and pulling at the heartstrings when necessary. So I lean more towards Cody on that aspect. And I think of all of his, I really just enjoyed the millennial one a lot because calling Chris Jericho a stupid dick is just funny to me. (laughs) So it was emotional and funny. So that's the one I would pick. Let's do that one then. I agree, and uh, to to kind of close that out, here is what The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, tweeted about that promo the day after it aired. Rhythm, cadence, tone, intent, passion, execution. Great promo, brother. You you mic drop that motherfucker. Damn, the highest praise. Yeah, that's that's like the king coming down and like... That, that's like God coming down and, and telling you, like, like you did a good, you did, you also did a good promo thing. <laughs> Look, I could have done it a million times better, but you did okay. <laughs> oh man, okay, so good. All right, uh, so we did that. All right, feud of the year is our next category. We've got Cody versus Chris Jericho in the inner circle. Don't forget the Dippin' Dots. That's my favorite. So the specific feud, if we, it, I know we talked about specific promos, but my favorite specific the angle, fe- the, the, angle yeah. is when 
They were in the concession stand brawl. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's in Pittsburgh. My favorite. In Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh. Yep. Uh, we've got Kenny versus John Moxley, and we got the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers. Now, I just want to say off the bat, so these are the three that we went with. Um, I I liked every match in the Young Bucks versus Lucha Brothers feud, and God knows they're going to do a lot more, and God knows they're doing one on Wednesday. But <laughs> I I think as a feud, as a feud, I can get invested in emotionally. I am burned out on this feud. Yeah, I think they I think they went a little too heavy on it this this year. That's fair. I put that one down because you can't beat the match quality in that feud. Like, yeah, yeah. The, that's what I think of when I think Young Bucks and tag team wrestling in AEW in the year 2019. I think they really went after Lucha Brothers, and again, the the like ladder match was huge, and I loved it. So I I put that one down. And Nick versus Ray Phoenix on Dynamite was just mm-hmm. spectacular. Yeah. Uh, Kenny versus John Moxley. Uh, I so I enjoyed some of what they did, but a lot of it was just like they would attack each other with weapons a lot, and and then we had Kenny's broom. The broom, the barbed wire <laughs> broom, and the barbed wire <laughs> bat were so just ridiculous. I I couldn't get behind it. I mean, one one highlight from this feud was that I respected their code of honor. I thought it was really, like, good to know that whenever there was a moment where the two of them interacted, if anyone interfered, because frequently people interfered, both of them were like, I'm not going to hit you when you're down. We got to do this proper in a match. And So that was, so that, I mean, like, that, that actually kind of ties into Cody and Jericho, uh, too, because... The thing I think you're specifically referencing is the big go home angle for full gear at the end of that dynamite, where it was just a full on elite and Moxley versus inner circle kind of brawl, right? Yes, yes. And and Kenny and Moxley were facing off, but then it was like, well, all these other motherfuckers are down here, so we gotta we gotta like we gotta take care of business here first, and then we can fight each other. Exactly. Yes. And they even like put their weapons down <laughs> to acknowledge that we only use these on each other and only when it's a proper match. We yeah. have to go take care of our other business. I think Cody and Chris Jericho is easily the feud of the year. I think the concession stand brawl is easily the angle of the mm-hmm. year. I thought that was so good. Like when when Jericho and his crew thought that they were safe because they were inside that, that uh, private <laughs> box and Cody wrapped MJF's Burberry scarf around his hand and punched through it. Yep. Oh my god. And it was Jer- wonderful. Jericho screaming afterwards about how he had a ticket and yes. this wasn't fair. Yes. And, that was and amazing. Then, and and uh and Cody and uh uh it was, it was Cody, MJF, DDP and uh and Dustin, right? Is that right? Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. I thought Paige yeah. was out there too. I'm sorry, Diamond Dallas Page, DDP. Yeah. No, I meant Adam. Oh, was Hangman? I don't think Hangman was there. I think it. I think it was less elite and more just. But just I thought like the... Hangman. That's how they set up the Hangman. Oh no, who did Sammy fight at All Out or Full Gear? Nobody. We no. thought we thought they were leading up to an MJF versus Sammy. Oh, okay. Sorry. And they didn't do it. Um, 
No, but but yeah, so yeah, it was more of like a nightmare family versus inner circle thing at that point. But I I I, I mean that was that was definitely the angle of that the year, was right? The angle of the year, yeah. Too. I think also it's for AEW specifically. It's been a short year, so I couldn't think of too many feuds that have been going on for like longer than a couple weeks. I mean, I know yeah. we've gotten some back and forth with with some people um, sporadically, but. Yeah, I think I think you could also add Kenny versus Pack to this list, but it, it, it's mm. not like it, that wouldn't. I mean, that wouldn't. That's reach not the even heights. on the same level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That leads us to best music slash entrance. We've got uh, Adam Page uh, for the music plus that one time with the horse. Chris Jericho. May that horse rest in peace. May that horse rest in peace. R.I.P. Hunter Horse Helmsley. Uh, Chris Jericho, Cody. Darby Allen, specifically the body bag entrance. Jimmy Havoc for his music. Jungle Express pre-removing of the Jurassic Park water glass. <laughs> which is, what the fuck? Kenny Omega's uh, walk through Tokyo in his entrance video. Private Party with their uh, velvet rope. And the Young Bucks with the uh, Buck Cannon. So, uh, I have to say... I'm pretty happy with AEW as far as a promotion that has like diverse entrances and lets talent have kind of like unique things happening. Yeah. I, I really like how some people just get the music. Um, I think specifically Jimmy Havoc said he does his own music, which is cool. Uh, but then you have things like the private party where they have the whole velvet rope set up. So you're giving them a little more leeway to be theatrical. I think that's fun. Yeah. Um, I So, okay, just kind of going through his list. I really like Jericho's music. Um, I really like Cody's music. I really like Darby's music. Um, I really like Kenny's music. I really like Private Party's music. I like a lot of this music. Wow. Uh, the music in AEW is strong, I will say. Yeah. It is. It is strong. It's like, it's like uh, I wouldn't say it's quite like NXT level. But, uh, like, but you know, pretty close. I will say that overall best entrance, like, best unique entrance, if you were thinking about, like, a should-have-been-a-pay-per-view or a WrestleMania-type entrance. Like a singular entrance? Yes. Okay. Would be the body bag that Darby Allen did. That was frightening and wonderful at the same time. I mean, they went from, like, some hardcore punk show <laughs> in New York to, the, to, the, to whatever venue they were in. And he unzipped himself and then skated down to the ramp. Yep. I would have lasted two seconds of someone zipping my feet into the body bag <laughs> until I freaked out and ran away. I mean, as was, soon as the sunlight else. closed out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say overall, like, my favorite video is definitely the Kenny walking through Tokyo with his backpack. I love seeing that. It's very real. Um and then I do enjoy the little gimmick that the private party have with the bouncer opening the velvet rope. Yeah. But I would say just just overall standard of what I enjoy the most. I, I like seeing Kenny just like traveling around Tokyo. I I added a bunch to this list and I just want to touch on like I like the music of Adam Page, Chris Jericho, Jimmy Havoc, and I think that's it. Like, I think those are the ones where, like, the music is heavily, like, a thing. Um, Jimmy Havoc, 
not a huge fan of his work, but I really like his song coming out. Um, and Chris Jericho, obviously, it's his band, which I think is funny because I do find myself getting that music stuck in my head. Um, and Adam Page's music reminds me of Red Dead Redemption. So, <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, that's very true. <laughs> yeah, so I like that. Um, Cody, I just think, is theatrical uh, to the max. I really like his light show business and, and rising up from the stage. Like, he is such a diva, and it's great. I loved his uh, his Star Trek entrance. Yes, that was amazing. And I love Poor that. Pharaoh. <laughs> Poor Pharaoh. But I, I love did that not the... love that Star Trek entrance. But at the time, it was like the whole Nightmare family was there. Brandy was still like on the good side of things, and Pharaoh was there. That was so good. I love the theatrics involved in it. Um, Private Party's just fun, and the Young Bucks, I think it's super fun that they just shoot off like those dollars and uh i think at one point on bte when maybe dustin was coming out with them that one time they warned <laughs> yeah. him specifically they're like there are dollar bills everywhere you will slip be careful i just yep. thought that was super amusing that was when that was when he teamed up with them against the uh, the inner circle a few weeks ago yeah that was great the jungle the jurassic express uh Entrance video as a parody of Jurassic Park was one of my favorite things all year in wrestling, and they took out the part that specifically parodies Jurassic Park. Do you I think know. there were like copyright issues? <laughs> like, did somebody I don't know. Complain? Like, I just no. They 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 shot that whole elaborate new video out in the woods. Yeah, I don't know why they couldn't just have kept the water glass though. I don't know either. Their entrance is still good, though. That's like, you know, Jungle Boy comes out, like, on the shoulders. Yeah. And he kind of, like, he kind of sits up onto his shoulders. Mm-hmm. And then Marco runs out and, like, slides between Luchasaurus's legs. It's a really good entrance. Yeah, the way they've incorporated all three team members is very good. Yeah. So, Jenny, which way are you leaning on this one? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I feel like you guys aren't. I feel like mine's too common. The, the, the Which... Kenny Tokyo is a little too common. I don't think so. I think that's to... a good marriage of song and and video. I really like that one. Yeah, it's it's very simple, but I think it's I think it's super elegant and well done. And you're right. Like it is. It's nice to see him kind of in that setting of a, being a normal person and just yeah. surrounded by like Tokyo nightlife. And I really like that too, because I think, I think Kenny gets it, you know. Like he he knows that we we understand that it's wrestling and that it's fake, but like your person is real, and we want to know more about you as a character, not like your character character. Yeah, I feel like he's capturing that um that like anime slash like RPG vibe of this is your hero out in the wild amongst people this is everyday life just like a fun little slice of that so i re- i really like kenny's i i could go i could go kenny yeah i could go kenny man are we picking kenny i think we're picking kenny omega wow i really i really like kenny's i will say that like like we have the extremes of Private Party and Young Bucks and Jungle Express, like very character driven. Jurassic Express. 
Jurassic Express. It's written as Jungle have, you Express. Have a mental, I've, I've noticed in editing this show over the past, you know, few months. It's because I always think mental, Jungle Boy. Block. I always yeah. think Jungle Boy. I wrote Jungle Express. Hold on. I, I saw did. that. <laughs> and Shit. you know what, Megan? I, I was like, yeah, that's right. Well, you, you said it also on last week's show. I'm sure I did. <laughs> it's because I always think Jungle Boy. The J's really throw me, the, the two J words really throw me off. So, like, but I, I do think, like, Jurassic Express, Private Party, Young Bucks, they have the extreme end of theatrics, or, well, and Cody, character, and then Jimmy Havoc, Adam Page, Chris Jericho, those are more music-driven for me, and I guess Darby is more character. So Kenny Omega is kind of, like, right in the middle. I like that. I like his video. I like his music, and I think it's it's very... um everyday person instead of a character or just extreme on the music end also so i like this pick i'm not going to be upset by this a year later he also had that very cool entrance uh with the young bucks uh the street fighter entrance at uh fighter fest that was a lot of fun yeah that was cool and i liked his um undertale entrances even though i don't think everybody knew what they were but i like that he did a really video game thing I, I like so I was there live for that one and I, I it happened and I was like I think this is Undertale but I don't really know what that means in like, in like the larger context. I just like that what it meant was he's a video game nerd basically like that's that's what I took from that. What it meant is Toby Fox made him another video which yeah. we also got to see a little bit of on this week's uh, wrestlers in hotel rooms uh, ordering room service. I still need to watch that. Oh, you really, you really do. You like this one? This is a great episode. Did, this is probably the best one. You did say it's one. very compelling. Yeah, it, okay. it really is. Yeah, I'll watch it. So Kenny Omega wins our best music slash entrance, and that takes us to our next category. One I'm very excited about: hottest hottie. <laughs> Hot toddy. No, that's a drink. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so here are our contenders, and uh, we can add more if we feel the need as we go through this. Angelico, psych. Megan writes, you could have been a contender, but you're not because of that bodysuit. Stand by it. Yeah. Uh, Adam Page, who uh, God gave to with both hands. (laughs) Brandy Rhodes. The Bunny. Hikaru Shida. Kip Sabian. Scorpio Sky. And Penelope Ford. Okay, who wants to talk about these hot people first? But Megan. Oh, they're so hot. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't know which people you guys added because I added to the list first, I feel like. And uh, Adam Page, if I didn't add him, I knew Jenny was like <laughs> all over that business. Um, and he is a very attractive young man, a cowboy indeed, with beautiful flowing hair. Uh, Brandy Rhodes. She is beautiful. I wish she didn't practice blood magic. <laughs> yeah, but... she might be one of the most beautiful women in the world. She, yeah, she's stunning. Like she's so pretty. Um, the bunny. I, I this was a late addition because of Andy's. Um, when we talked about the bunny as a supporting character, he clearly was into it. So I wanted to get her on here. Oh, she uh, looks hot in that gear. Yeah, she's. I mean, that's like the point, right? She's yeah. She's, very hot. Um, Hikaru Shida, 
I know Jenny doesn't like to sexualize women she admires, but also <laughs> I think she's very pretty. So she like, is I, very pretty. She's so adorable and cute. And oh my gosh, she's sometimes on like Instagram without any makeup on, like without a stitch of makeup. She's gorgeous. She like has oh. cheekbones for days. She's yes. beautiful. Yes. Um, and it's just such an innocent but not baby look. But not baby. Like n- girl next door look. Uh-huh. Sure. Uh, Kip Sabian, I think he's a handsome young man from, oh. you know, the UK and his and accent. Of, exactly. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead and take that again because I oh, I talked over you. His accent only adds to the overall package. Kip Sabian, mm-hmm. very pretty. Uh, Scorpio Sky, I feel like Jenny is going to have a TED talk about this one, similar <laughs> to Mega. <laughs> so I'm going to leave that for her. Uh, but he is beautiful and his skinny jeans are a delightful addition. Um, Penelope Ford is one Jenny added. She is a, I think, quintessential blonde bombshell, as you'll say. But um, Jenny can also expand on that one, too. But basically, like, in a business where everyone's beautiful, this category is, I guess, like, the most beautiful of the beautiful. <laughs> the elite of the beauties. Yeah, can we can we just recognize that basically if you're on TV... You're beautiful. You've made it. Um, and this is just like top picks of those people. I have added Dasha to the list. Oh, Tony would agree with you. Yeah. She is she is a recent addition to AEW, specifically AEW Dark, but she's very hot. She has those yeah. red pants, I think, did something for all men. And her hybrid two dance. Yeah. Oh, the shimmy. Yeah. She knows what's up. <laughs> She does know what's up. Yeah, she was a very, uh, very comely lass. Uh, uh, when look, can I just say that when Scorpio Sky came out after Christopher Daniels had received the worst pile driver ever from Pentagon mm-hmm. and almost you know broke his neck or his head, whatever it was purple. Scorpio Sky comes out wearing these black skinny jeans. That I've never seen a jean fit a man or woman in <laughs> any better. Jenny's uh-huh. life was forever changed by this moment. <laughs> it was forever changed by this black skinny jean moment. Holy hell, Scorpio, you need to wrestle in straight clothes. I I've never seen anyone that hot on a wrestling ring before doing the moves that you do. I, I I did things. Wow. And also, uh, respect to Scorpio, who is a wine lover. I feel yes, like that adds is. to it. He is a wine lover, and he likes his meats. He is constantly, every day, he posts this, like, gorgeous picture of a steak on Instagram. Does he eat a steak every day? <laughs> like, it seems to be every what day. What a life. Yeah. It's boring steak. <laughs> red wine and has a steak every day. I oh want God. to live his life yeah. and be with him. Uh-huh. Well, you're with said, me. Said next to her <laughs> husband. They, yeah. they live together. They are married, so. <laughs> uh. Megan, what about, uh, let me ask you about a couple people. What about Darby Allen or John Moxley? So I didn't put them on the list because I thought Jenny would insult them immediately. Oh, no. I would have just used you. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> That's the same, the same no, end, not. The same end result is that nobody's going to vote for them except me because I love a weirdo. Um, 
I think John Moxley is like extremely hot. Like he's a big, bulky Midwestern man who has like farm boy strength. <laughs> and then Darby Allen is like the exact opposite. He's like a little emo boy. So I have a um a wide range of my interests, I guess I'll say. But we yeah. Both wear leather jackets though. Yep. That's where Throat. her interests that, that's her uh, Venn diagram. <laughs> It's where, it's where they cross paths, yes. Um, throw us <laughs> a leather jacket on and I, I will love you. Uh, Scorpius guy, if you could just toss a leather jacket on, that'd be great. <laughs> we got That's Megan a leather jacket for Christmas one time. You would think she died and went to heaven. I am very predictable. It's <laughs> 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 what I'm learning. But I didn't put those two boys on because I know they are very specific to my tastes. I put them on there for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I have a couple others that I just want to run by you guys. Do it. Throw them on the list. Okay. Okay, I will I will do that then. I will say so after uh, Darby Allen. Everybody's uh, valid because it, Jenny has allowed it. Wow. I will say Trent. I think Ooh. Trent got weirdly hot. Trent? Trent? <laughs> okay, here's my issue with Trent. <laughs> Trent's a rough 32. <laughs> it's like, look at those abs. Real tan is a real problem. Don't do that to your skin, people. Like, Trent would be so much more attractive if he hasn't real tanned for the last 20 years. Uh-huh. Well. I, I really mean... like Trent. I can get behind that. Okay, so that so so Trent is is one I was thinking of. Okay, so here's another one that may be a bit of a dark horse. Sammy Guevara. Oh, self-proclaimed sex god. Yeah. He strikes me. To be fair, Jericho proclaimed him a sex god. He's the thing with Sammy Guevara is he strikes me as like too young. But he's like twenty-seven. He's I know, just but immature. he comes across as like he comes across as like a twenty-year-old to me, and it feels weird, you know. And is and here's me? one more. Who I just think is a cutie pie, Isaiah Cassidy of Private Party. See, I, I did consider adding him. <gasps> Jenny over Isaiah. Uh huh. Do you like those uh, bleach blonde? No, not necessarily. I'm just saying that, like, if I w- if I had to pick between the Private Party, okay, I'd probably go for Mark Quinn. Okay. Now, see, I, I I respect your Isaiah because I think he's very cute. Cute yeah, is the word I would use. Uh, yeah, I think he's like he's a he's a, an adorable little guy. But the category was hottest hottie, so I was trying to like restrain myself. No, I get it. Yeah, I, I understand why he doesn't hang on this list. But so, shout out to Isaiah; he's very cute. Yeah. He is cute. So obviously, the correct answer for this category is Brandy Rhodes. Wow, Jenny wants to pick Adam Page. <laughs> I I am guys. I'm having like when I came up with this category, my heart like was just fighting itself. You Between wanted Adam Page. Adam Page and Scorpio Sky. <gasps> Whoa. Adam Page is going to be very upset to hear this. If Brandy hadn't started the Nightmare Collective, would you have picked Brandy? Probably. Okay, well. <laughs> Why don't we pick the hottest hottie girl and the hottest hottie boy? Brandy. <laughs> For girl, I think... I think Andy's Poor girl, right. I'll Andy. go with Brandy. Yeah, obviously. Brandy's <coughs> the most gorgeous woman that's ever walked the face of the earth. Brandy is definitely 
the hottest hottie for a girl. Now, who's now, your boy? So I'm I'm throwing out Adam Page and Scorpio Sky as I, my two. I would go with Scorpio. Scorpio, yeah. All right. Okay. I like this category. It's fun. <laughs> There's a, wow, very very fun. Okay. Next category. Best blowout. Hair. 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 I, well, you know. <laughs> in parentheses, hair. So obviously, uh, the first entry in this list is Joey Janela, whose hair game has been like really on display, especially lately. It really has been. Jungle Boy and Adam Page, but specifically being the elite Adam Page. <laughs> exactly. Because he doesn't wet it down exactly. to go out to the ring on yes. being elite. He looks so innocent. It looks like like an angel is just like glowing from within with his blonde curly hair when it's not wet. One thing I will say about uh, this list, it's very blonde. It's very white. It is because I don't. So when I read this this list category, I assumed it meant. We're picking Joey Janela, right? Like because we just constantly <laughs> talk about how he takes advantage of the onset hairstylist, and his hair is all, always has a nice blowout. Like I don't really know what a blowout looks like on other people because they seem like they wet their hair down a lot, you know. And then you have people like like Isaiah; he doesn't have enough hair to blow out, you know. So- so you haven't been watching WWE, but like something, and I haven't been watching it a ton, but something I've noticed this year, Megan, is that Dolph Ziggler has started getting blowouts, and his hair looks noticeably better. Appa- no, it's, apparently it's a thing. Like um, at hair salons, you can pay a lot of money to do it. And oh yeah. I was under the impression that means you use the hair dryer, which I have one at home. It doesn't make my hair look great. Like you pay them to to do at the hair salon so i'm not super sure if we just wanted to say this is actually like best hair i think that would open it up a lot but like blowout specifically to me means flowing airy hair and that means it's limited to people with long hair and unfortunately that's like just a lot of white guys let's expand it then i was trying to be cute with the title but that's why i I like hair in parentheses so if we're doing best hair overall, I think we have to go with John Moxley and Nick Jackson as our two top contenders. <laughs> you monster. I hate you. Uh, well, who else would that add? Like, I, Brandy has really good hair. Yeah, so does Hikaru Shida. Her hair is so shiny and soft. Yeah. Rio's uh, hair is good. No? Okay. <laughs> you don't like Rio's hair? It's not as good as Hikaru. That's fair. I, I'm We're only allowed to have one Japanese woman on this list? No, I'm just saying it's not as... <laughs> it doesn't look as silky and as... I'm looking through the roster for people with, like... I make the hair point. silky and smooth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking for people with interesting hair at this point. And, look, Chris um, Jericho. Chris uh, gets some blowouts. He's got some hair game. Does he I get like extra credit for being forty nine and having like good hair? <laughs> I think no. he should. Megan says no. no. Sometimes he wears headbands like a little girl. Chris Jericho's hair is like the flat, thin hair of a person that you would think 
is Chris Jericho. Like, that's not he an insult. He doesn't have thin hair. Not, like... full hair. Not thin, like, balding, but, like, I have thin hair. I have plenty of hair. It's just, it's thin, so it's hard to do stuff with, you know? Like, when he pulls his hair back, it's not full of body. It's thin. That's what I'm saying, is I don't think his hair is anything to write home about. Sorry, Chris Jericho. What about Sammy Guevara? He does weird things oh, with his God, hair. Oh, God, no. He does weird bad things. Yes. <laughs> How about Sunny Kiss? Sunny Kiss, I would put in there because I like his hair. I like um, the bleach look on him. I think he pulls it off very well. He looks like Simon Phoenix from Demolition Man. I mean, okay, if you want to... eighties movies references. But I also just think the bleached hair looks good on him. Yeah, Sunny's got a good hair look. Um, what about I... the ladies? Any of the ladies... I might be in the minority. I like B Priestley's hair because I like weird hair colors, and she's the only one who has non-standard hair coloring. Oh, I guess Leva. I like her blue hair too, but I, I don't expect her to win. I like B Priestley's hair. Yeah, I like B Priestley's hair more than I like uh, Leva's hair. I really like the curl of Jungle Boy's hair. It's I, beautiful. I, it is. It is. I will say that it does get frizzy. I feel like. His mom buys him Costco shampoo, but she should also buy him <coughs> Costco conditioner. <laughs> Kip has pretty good hair. He does. There are a surprising number of bald men on this roster. It's <laughs> a lot. As, yeah, as I'm scrolling through, it's like some of you just don't have hair. Okay, that's fine. Are you are you also uh, navigated to alleatwrestling.com slash roster, Megan? I am indeed. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about Wardlow's man bun? I am not into a man bun. Yeah, I'm not really feeling a man bun. And you can't even tell from the front that he has it, you know? No, but it is like, if you're if you're wearing a suit, I think that is a smart hair move. If you're going to have longer hair, I don't like the messy long hair with a suit. I think you no, pull, pull that back, yeah. I, you know... I think we might just end up circling back to Joey Janela. He really does have great I, hair. I think Joey Janela has to be <laughs> in this category. I thought that was what this category was made for. It, it was. I, but I think he wins either way. Yeah. He, the thing with Joey Janela, like the true crime, is that he, he does put in the effort and then he goes into matches and ruins it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, remember we like ripped it out intentionally that time? Oh, yes, yeah. That, I hated it. Yeah. Yeah. Now... Like that shit comes back to haunt you. So I accidentally got my hair ca- hairbrush caught in my hair, and uh-huh. like I want to say it was the beginning of this year. So probably in like February, and it was the front piece. I look like Meg from Little Women, and my hair in the front still <laughs> has not grown back. I've got these like baby whisper hairs Aww. that won't do anything, and they just like fly out. It's awful. I, I hope jo- Joey Janela got it in the back. I'm going to call. your hair, Joey. So are we going to go with Joey Janela? Yeah. I highlighted okay. him. That's what this category is for. All right. Our <laughs> next category, as we uh, start start winding down here, uh, most improved slash evolved. So we've only been here with AEW for six months, but I thought this would be a good category for people who... <laughs> We would see at the beginning of you know at the beginning of the promotion, and then we're six months in, 
And who's had the best evolution, or like who, who's who's improved the most from start to finish? And uh, our contenders here are Darby Allen, Joey Janela, and Hikaru Shida. Anybody feel like anybody else needs to be added, or anybody want to discuss these candidates? Jenny's got the hiccups. I'm so sorry. <laughs> It'll happen. Um, I personally added Darby and Joey. I thought it was hard because of the six months, because anyone we've been introduced to hasn't really had time to to do much. Really. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, and Hikaru Shida, she's done very well this year, but I also feel that like a big part of her appeal has been social media, and I don't know how much we should consider that when we're... That's a good point. I added Hikaru Shida, and I feel feel like I uh, fell into the mega trap here where she's the most evolved in my mind because I see her posting all the time, but it's not really on dynamite. Right. Yeah. Well, also I will say she has gone from like a person who showed up on one of the pay-per-views earlier in the summer to she is like a, like, She's not the number one contender, but she's in the mix, you know. She she got signed and they're not I'm they're pushing her, you know. They're not just yeah. like adding her in as like a side person. So I think she is evolving in this category of most improved slash evolved. I don't think she improved. I just think how she fits into their their plans has evolved. Darby Allen went from someone I had like barely heard of to one of my favorite wrestlers over the course of this six months here. Yeah, I don't know that I would say he improved. He's another one that I would say evolved because I knew nothing about him going in and I think he had the same talent he he currently has. I just didn't know about it. And so progressively throughout the year, I think he's become more of like a contender in my mind. And coincidentally, he came from Evolve. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. He fits this category. And then I added Joey Janela, and I don't think, like, I don't know if that counts, but I was thinking more along the lines of, like, personally, I I was not into Joey Janela from BTE and coming into this. That's what I knew him from. Mm-hmm. But I think the storylines they've given him and the matches he's had in AEW have improved him in my mind. Like, I don't know if his skills have improved necessarily, but I think what they've done with the character has improved a lot from BTE, where he was just putting cigarettes out on his face, and it's just, like, horrible. I hate it. <laughs> um, To, like, now at least he's having fun matches, and... It's clear he has no regard for his body, but whatever, at least he's having fun with it. Yeah, I yeah, I do feel like this is one that I'm I'm thinking it's probably Joey, and it's just because like I was never like as cold on Joey as you were, but I I definitely like I I, I would say I became a fan of his over the past two weeks. So it was like it was very late in coming, but like you know, between that commentary performance and then the uh, the really fun Santa Claus match, I I 
I, I got really into Joey Janela in December. Yeah, I think when he's fun, he's great. I, I just, I don't like his style of matches. Very similar to John Moxley. Like, I don't, I don't need the blood, and I don't need the extreme hardcore matches, which they both apparently really love to do. So it was hard to connect with him. But in the in the more like TV friendly matches and um, that sort of thing, I think he's funny and I think he is fun to watch. I just don't want to see blood. So for him, for me, like he has come the farthest in this promotion. Uh, because Darby Allen, I think, was always talented, and Hikaru Shida was also always talented. It's for those two. It's just positioning in the company that has changed. Versus Joey Janela has basically done a 180 in my mind. Yeah, it's wild, right? Yeah, I never, never thought I would come around to Janela, but here we are. <laughs> I think I'm a fan, hesitantly. Here. Here we are about to give a second consecutive award to Joey Janela. <laughs> oh, no. I'm highlighting him in the Google Doc. We've officially chosen him. Yeah. Jenny, how do you feel about that? Joey Janela is most improved slash evolved. And honestly, it just being for like the last two weeks. I mean, honestly, that's kind of how I feel. Yeah. He was my most, one of the most hated people. I mean, he made me stop watching Being the Elite for the shit that he was doing. Right, yeah. And then coming in, I hated all of his matches. I don't like that type of match and all the gore and pain and all all of that. And I thought, quite frankly, he was obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Cut to five weeks ago where he signed that pregnant woman's boobs. <laughs> I, I, I like that. <laughs> I did too. I but, thought that was fun. You know, things really started turning around for me when he got that blowout for the Moxley match a few weeks ago. And then uh, two weeks ago, when he did the commentary for Dark with Vicky, is that her name? Yeah. Uh, I, I thought he was funny. I thought he was informative. I started to like him. <laughs> and you don't have to be begrudging about it. We all made the I turn. I am, though. And then I thought that match that he did on Dark, mm-hmm. that was excellent with the Santa Claus and his little impromptu angle with jesus yeah i i'm i feel so weird giving it to him but yeah. <laughs> i think he deserves it at least for now as of this point in time well i think that that confirms it most improved such evolved joe janella congratulations keep up that blowout hair we move on to Best AEW couple, not a huge category, but a very important one. And here are contenders. Cody and Brandy, Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford, Chris Statlander and John Silver. New couple. The Bunny and the Blade. And Matt and Dana. Oh, wow. More of a BTE couple. Counts. It counts. She's yeah. she's an executive there. Yeah. Any any first thoughts, Megan, on uh, who who might be your uh, your pick for uh, best couple? Uh, can I just say I did not know about Chris Atlander and John Silver. Yeah, so, yeah, that's something. Uh, Jenny did some uh, Instagram sleuthing and found that out in the last week or so. Yep. Con- congrats to them. Yeah. Um. 
I think it's for me it comes down to oh so there are there are two like very established couples Cody and Brandy and and Matt and Dana mm-hmm. that we've seen that we've kind of been with um and of the two I would pick Cody and Brandy because both of the the people are on screen a lot uh, but then, you know, you have, like, the newcomers. You have Kip and Penelope and the Bunny and the Blade and Chris Statlander and John Silver. So. <sighs> I will say this about Cody and Brandy. I would have easily picked them two months ago. Yep, me too. Yeah, it's weird with Brandy being a heel. I, yeah. I don't love it. I'm not uh... going to pick Cody and Brandy because of that. <laughs> I'm going to punish her. <laughs> oh, she's listening, so she's going to be pretty upset. Um, so who are you picking instead, Jenny? I think it's got to be Kip and Penelope. Like, the stuff they're doing with them the last few weeks where Penelope's been ringside, it's been a lot of, like, good chemistry and really showcasing Penelope as a star. And, I mean, Kip is just so pretty to look at as well as he Penelope. He really is. But I, it should be Brandy and Cody, but they fucked up Brandy's character so badly that I am, in protest, not going to vote for them. I feel like Matt and Dana don't... We don't really get a lot of them. We know that they're together, but we don't really get a lot of their interaction on camera, even on BTE. Yeah, occasionally she's there, but not, yeah. not enough. Yeah. More than Ellen. More than Ellen. Yeah, with that in mind, I would have to also go Kip and Penelope because Cody and Brandy lost it when Brandy went rogue and heel. Um, And I did not know of Chris and John or Bunny and the Blade until recently. So I feel like I have no emotional investment in those relationships. Sorry, that sounds really sociopathic of me, but it is what it is. And I'm going Chris and... Or, no, sorry, not Chris. Kip and Penelope Ford. Yeah, me three. I, I think that's a pretty pretty easy one this time, given the state of uh, Brandy Rose and the Nightmare Collective. When your husband's cutting promos on you, it's a bad yeah. situation. It's not, it's not ideal. Uh, next up, worst ball-on-rope incident. And our uh, sole contender, anything... Involving Ortiz's mouth on the ropes. Enough Highlighting it. It's it's the winner. Stop putting the ropes in your mouth. People's balls are on them. <laughs> it's true. And that takes us into our last two categories. And you might think Wrestler of the Year would be our last category, but it is not. You'll have to hold on and find out what the last category is. Because Wrestler of the Year is right now. And we have a nice little list here. We have Chris Jericho, we have Cody, we have Darby Allen, we have John Moxley, Kenny Omega, Ray Phoenix, and Riho. How did Riho make this list? All She's the champs. Champion. All the champs made the list. It it saddens me that Jenny asks, "How did Riho get here?" I I love Riho, uh, but she's just fallen off a cliff in the last month and a half. That's totally fair. I think it's it it's not Jenny I'm saddened by. It's, like, it's like the state of affairs. Like not yeah. that she's yeah. 
Yeah, it's 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 tough. But um, when we were listing people in this category, I figured like you have to list the champs, right? They're the champs. Yeah, I agree with you. Like Rio hasn't been around, so my vote's Chris Jericho. I've been saying it for weeks now. Like his promo ability and what he's been doing with Champagne. <laughs> it's just, I mean, he's got his, my vote. He was designed his to be this podcast winner. <laughs> I, yeah. you know, I so obviously like, I think I think Cody had individually the best promo of the year. I think Chris Jericho has had the like a greater quantity of great promos this year. I also think that he he carries himself like a star and a big deal and like a world champion in a way that I don't think most of the people on this roster would be up to. I think Cody would be up to it, but I think Kenny's up to it. But I think beyond that, Moxley maybe, but beyond that, I think there's a lot of people who, you know, they haven't been in that role. They haven't had that chance. They don't have that experience. Like, you know, Jericho has literally been wrestling for 29 years and he knows how to be a star and how to, how to, you know, kind of, project that and and you know he has slowed down in the ring but his matches still are pretty good it's not like he's going out there and having bad matches yeah so i i I, you know i love cody i think cody would be my other pick this year but i i think it's just got to be jericho for me see that's you highlighted the reason i i would pick cody on this list because, or John, John Moxley, honestly, Cody or John, because Jericho. Of course you would pick John Shut Moxley. Up. <laughs> no, listen, 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 I'm justifying. Because Jericho, he's an amazing promo. I will, I cannot get over how freaking amazing he is. I think in the ring, he's a little sluggish. It's rough. Like, he's, he's older and that's cool, but like, he's not putting on five-star matches and i don't know if we're like counting every single aspect of this but cody is good at talking and wrestling so is john moxley chris jericho is good at super good at talking he falters a bit when in the ring neither cody nor john are five-star matches though maybe not but man like I mean, they're they're better, they're faster, they have more variety of moves. I, I will admit that. But, like, they're not the best wrestlers, either. They're not, but, like, Chris Jericho is, like, a far cry from the best wrestler. Like, wrestling. That's all I'm saying, is I, I feel like his match with Jungle Boy last week really highlighted it, because when Jungle Boy was pinning him and doing the leg thing... Chris Jericho's kickouts were the laziest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> His kickouts are pretty lazy. I remember that with Darby Allen. I will give you that. Yeah, like, and that's cool, man. You're like 40-something years old, whatever. You've earned it. But I think if you're looking at full package, I think there are other options besides Chris Jericho. I think his promo kills it. He is by far the winner in the promo promo area. But, like, as a as a all-around wrestler quote-unquote, I think there are others that surpass him. What about what he's doing with champagne? <laughs> I mean, champagne <laughs> is not like... 
Yes, you say that. What about he's doing what he's doing with champagne, like like water shortages in third world countries? Like <laughs> it is great that he's bringing up champagne, but he's not saving what, anyone. What, what podcast do you think you're a co-host of, Megan? <laughs> you're right. I've made a horrible mistake. <laughs> I I think that so I think that I thought the hangman match at all out was 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 very good. I thought the the Kenny match at double or nothing was very good. I thought the Cody match at full gear was excellent. I I think that he's delivered in his like big match situations. Maybe not so much in the dynamite stuff, but I think I think on the pay-per-views he's he's uh he's been really good. I guess, but also like those are slower paced matches because of that. You know? Yeah. Like and that's fine. I understand that he's he's getting up there in age, and I understand that he's a legacy and that he, like he has earned it, and he's super good at talking. I'm just saying, like, there are some younger guys who are also good at talking, but also good at putting on good wrestling matches. So, just want to throw that out there. If everybody's behind Chris Jericho, I don't think it's a bad pick, and I wouldn't, I would be willing to concede, but also. I don't think his wrestling matches are the strongest of this group of people. I mean, it's definitely not. But I think I, that's why I think that you know, I think all thing, I think all the different parts you have to take into consideration. I mean, I think you have to look at the promos, you have to look at uh, the way he carries himself as a star, and I think you have to look at the matches. and And I think that I think he's the I think he's the best at two of those three, and I think that his weaknesses in the third don't like you know don't detract from his overall package enough to for me to say that he's not the wrestler of the year all right i'll I'll give it to you guys i'm just saying like i don't really enjoy watching chris jericho wrestle i like watching him yell at people and talk down to them I you, don't like watching him wrestle. You really liked, you were really captivated during Jericho versus Cody. And I know this because you and I were texting back and forth during it. Yeah, but that was like a big, big deal. And Cody's a very good wrestler. I I would, I would say Cody is my number two on this list. Think mm. of all he's done for champagne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cody's probably my number two as well. Okay, Megan has highlighted it. We're going with Chris Jericho. I have. Thank you, Megan. I think- think you guys win but you said cody's your number two i would have said like cody's number one yeah and that takes us to our final category of the night and it is tag team slash trio of the year and as we all know aew is a tag team territory it really is yeah so we thought it was befitting for this award to go on last and here are our contenders the Best Friends with Orange Cassidy. The Bunny, the Butcher, and the Blade. The Dark Order. The Jurassic Express. The Lucha Brothers. The Nightmare Collective. Oh, God. Who put that on there? I put down every single tag team or trio <laughs> that existed, and whether they were good or bad. Private Party. Proud and Powerful. SCU. Stronghearts, the Hybrid Two, the Young Bucks, and I'm even going to add in the Rhodes Bros. Oh, it's an official tag team. Okay. 
Yeah. Um, do you know they're booked uh, for January 8th against the Lucha Brothers? Okay. No, that's fair. I went through the roster and just whatever, wh- whoever had like tag team or trios like listed as an official thing, I just put them down. Oh, that's smart. Yeah, this is not an expression of who I think is good or bad. This is the roster teams <laughs> for you to pick fair, from. Fair enough. Uh, okay, I I guess looking at this, I I would say I think Young Bucks have to be in contention, even though their booking has not been. They've played themselves down so much this year. Well, that... it's like it's like Nick said on BTE. We should have booked ourselves to win the titles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, SEU is like very good. Yeah. You know. I I I think you've got to put best friends with Orange Cassidy in contention as well. Yes. No one's getting pops like that. Uh, I would say Jurassic Express is up there. Yes, I would say Jurassic Express as well. So let's just say, okay, so Best Friends with Orange Cassidy, contender, right? Mm-hmm. Bunny, mm-hmm. Butcher, and Blade, no, not a contender. Dark Dude, Order, no. Dark Order, not a contender. Jurassic Express? Yes, contender. The Lucha Brothers? Uh, half of it would be a contender. I think as a tag team, they are, they are good, uh, good contenders for this award. Nightmare Collective? No. <laughs> Private That's Party. Fair. I really enjoy watching Private Party. I don't think they're up to this yet, though. I was about to say, like, I like Private Party, but I would not say they're contenders for this award. I would say maybe next year. Proud and Powerful. Uh, I would say the same thing. Yeah, me too. I'd say they're kind of on the like the 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 Private Party tier. Like, I think they're a better tag team, but. Like, obviously, they don't do as many spectacular moves, which I know is what you're mostly interested in. I but, do like the moves. But I, go ahead, Megan. They're, they're frequently lumped in with the inner circle, which is not a bad thing, but the framing of them as a tag team, I feel like it's downplayed. Yeah, I think I think so, too. Um, SEU, de- obviously, definitely contenders. Who are the strong hearts? Shima, T-Hawk, and Lindemann. Who? The Japanese trio. I don't think I know. I, I know, um... You've probably seen them, like, half a dozen times. Yeah, I feel like I remember Shima is sometimes paired with other people, right? He sometimes hangs out with SEU. Okay. Yeah. They existed on the roster of the official AEW website, so I put them on there. But, yeah, I don't think we've seen them as a trio in a long time. The hybrid two are gone. The hybrid two. How dare you? Cannot hang on this list, but Jack Evans is fucking awesome. Yes, Jack Thank Evans you. is great. It Bitch and to be If we had a most underrated award, I would say we should give it to Jack Evans. <laughs> uh, that's fair. Yeah. Yes. Young Bucks definitely contenders, and the Rhodes Brothers. I guess I put them on to take them off because they've only tagged a few times, but they you are know, great. You have to shout them out. Yeah. So that takes us down to Best Friends with Orange Cassidy, Jurassic Express, Lucha Brothers, SCU, and the Young Bucks. That's a much more manageable list. Okay. Mm-hmm. What do we think? Jenny, what are your what are your impressions looking at the non-crossed out portions of this list? Mm. 
Um, if I were going to pick, I would go with either the Young Bucks, Best Friends with Orange Cassidy, or Jurassic Express. I think those are my top three for the year. Wow, over Scorpio Sky and well, SCU. Well, Scorpio as an individual is well above, but as a tag team, wow. you know, I'm not as... Doesn't like Kaz. Well, Kaz is I've fine. I've really come around on Kaz this year, so like, <laughs> very pro SCU. I know, I, I enjoy SCU, I'm just saying I enjoy the Bucks, the Best Friends, and Jurassic Express more. Okay. From an entertainment now, value. Okay, here's one that we didn't think of. What about, and this is just a different permutation, but when I write now, it's... Has it's a okay, through. just write it. I'll take okay. it out. <laughs> oh. And I think also you probably want to put Inner Circle then, too, right? If you're going to say the elite. Well, Kenny and the Bucks are a trio, though. Uh, that's true, They and they do. Okay. I feel like the elite isn't as strong as it should be. I, it's funny It's funny that you say that because I would almost say that I think the Elite as that trio are a stronger fit on this list than the Young Bucks. Because I feel like I feel like when they're they're that trio, it's treated more it's it's like it's treated like it's a bigger deal. Well, if you consider that if you strike the Young Bucks in favor of the Elite, you've got three three person teams and then two two person teams like how how do you view this wait shouldn't scu have christopher daniels in it too oh i guess so i was considering the tag team champs but you got four three person teams and then two two person teams well just one if you strike the oh bucks. you're right you're right sorry lucha bros you're kind of this is what i'm saying I'm... this company should just be all trios <laughs> I will say that, like, quality-wise, I understand that the Lucha Bros, and for Jenny, at least one half of them deliver, <laughs> but I think on the whole, I would strike them from this, because I like one a lot better than the other, and I've only really enjoyed their matches against the Young Bucks. I agree with that, Megan. Okay, I'm comfortable. I, I am comfortable with that. I think I like them better than both of you, but that's fine. I like Phoenix a lot. It's not a a hill I'm willing to die on. Phoenix is amazing. Um, Just like very, very good at what he does, but I don't really like Pentagon that much. I hate Pentagon. I like it when he takes his glove off and he says, Cero Miero. Whatever the hell it is. That's their like motto, though. Yeah. So are you gonna strike the young bucks too? Are we are we just gonna lump them into the elite? Is everybody cool with that? I'm cool with that. I'm because I feel like Kenny and the Bucks is a very established. I'm okay with that trio. All right, let's. Okay, and, they are, and they are main eventing dynamite in like four days. Okay. So now we have best friends with Orange Cassidy, Jurassic Express, SCU, and the Elite with which is Kenny and the Bucks. So we've got. All trios. Hell yeah. Trios are better than duos. I mean, mathematically, they do have one more person. Just like our podcast. (laughs) We are trios, indeed. All right. So, Jetty, who on this list is your trio favorite? Well, I feel like I've already talked. So, why don't you and Megan? 
Um, Meg, why don't Megan you <laughs> and Andy talk? Sorry. I, I think as far as like my personal tastes, it's it's best friends and the elite. I would agree. Like I like I like the the fun comedy stylings of the best friends with Orange Cassidy um, because they do moves, but they also have fun. And that's just like a nice mix. Do you moves but, have fun as Megan's uh, wrestling success <laughs> cocktail? It's true. Do moves have fun. Be hot. Oh, be hot. Yeah. Oh, Two I moves love have it. fun. Be hot. Yep. That I am. I am a simple person. Do moves have fun. Be hot. Uh. So like, I really like the best friends and the elite, but also like, I really like the SCU and Jurassic Express. So it's very hard for me. <laughs> to narrow this down I think success wise um, the elite and SCU are at the top as far as those two go you know like remember when best friends seemed like they were getting a tag team push a few weeks ago and then it just ended yeah it was very disappointing because I want them to succeed but they haven't like they beat the Lucha Brothers and Trent I think Trent Penned Pentagon in a match on AEW Dark too, and I think they want to tag over someone else. It's crazy. They were like, they were like really going for a while. Yeah, and I want them to succeed, and I hope for the best. But like, if you're looking at just success rate of, I love everybody on this list. I would have to go with the Elite and SEU because they seem to be the most able <laughs> to like win stuff. Yeah, and I think not only like success rate, but I think talent as well. So if you kind of go down the list, like the best friends with Orange Cassidy, sure they get great pops. Orange Cassidy is super fun. I love the hugging, but really only Trent's showcasing the wrestling. Honestly, moves. Jenny, uh, Chuck Flex this week, and I was like, look at you, you have arms. <laughs> um, Jericho, Jericho must have like passively aggressively yelled at him enough times. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> And then, like, you go down in a Jurassic Express. I think they're still learning, especially, like, Marco and Jungle Boy. I enjoy watching Marco do his flips and everything like that. He's very fun to watch in the ring. And bumping. And, yeah, basically taking the bumps. <clears throat> and, yeah. and I love seeing them use Marco to, like, hurt people. Like, mm-hmm. Jungle Boy will throw him a lot. Yeah. But I, I don't think they're at the talent yet. As some of like the SCU or or the elite here, um, I also I agree, and I think they're hurt by the fact that Lugisaurus was out for a, a while. That's true. That's a good point. That did hurt the momentum. It did. Um, I enjoy SCU. I think they're talented, but they're not nearly as fun to watch as the Bucks and and. And Kenny, now now that we've got them as the elite, yeah. So I think if like you're going for overall well-rounded, both fun, entertaining, great characters, and the talent, and I think the success, you've got to go not quite like if it was just success alone, it'd be SCU because obviously they're the champs and they've had the most wins. They've been booked the strongest, yeah. Yeah, but I think if you're going kind of overall, it's got to be the elite. Yeah, I mean, I think the Young Bucks are, I I think they're the best tag team of all time. And I think Kenny Omega is one of the 
one of the best wrestlers of the last decade. And I think that they all gel really well as a unit. And uh, yeah, I think, I think I would have to go with the elite from this group. You've both made very strong arguments and I'm willing to jump on the elite train because I, I, I actually really love like most of the people on this list and it's a great, it's a great list. Yeah. Like I think it's a testament to how strong tag team slash trios is in this company because we have to eliminate people on on a couple different levels and and kind of argue out these things like I don't think this would be the case in other companies so I I am willing to go with you on the elite because Kenny and the Bucks are super super talented I think SCU is also super super talented and they have the the belts but like overall experience, I think the elite are better. And like I love the best friends. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but um and one of them is like your best friend in wrestling. It's true. Yeah. Chuck Taylor, you and me. Got it. Um but like they are more they their tone is more funny. And that's great. Like I don't think that should be discounted. I just think like like Jenny pointed out, the elite are both funny, but also they win their matches. They they get the job done. And I think as an overall product, they are better. So I'll go with the Elite on this one. I got to say, this list is a hell of a lot stronger than the Wrestler of the Year list. <laughs> See? Yeah. They are focused on the, uh, the tag team wrestling. I, I totally agree. Yeah. They weren't, they weren't kidding about that, you know? Mm-hmm. So let's uh yeah, let's go ahead and make it official. The elite are tag team slash trio of the year. And that'll do it for the first annual Beaties. That was a lot of fun. It was. Yeah. So Yeah. Uh yeah, we so we got uh next week we were back to Dynamite, but no dark because there was not a dynamite this week for there to be dark matches taped at. So that's right. Uh, there will be a road two on Sunday. Okay, road to Jacksonville. Road to Jacksonville, yeah. So we'll try to make sure to watch that. And uh, yeah, so we'll be back next week covering dynamite and, and any news that may occur. So for Jenny and Megan, I'm Andy, and thank you. For listening to the elite beat and have a happy new year. E leap beat. E E leap beat. <laughs>